And welcome in. It is a Monday edition of Glenn Clark Radio and a happy Halloween to everyone. But it's a very special Monday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. And yes, we are off to a very early start this morning. And I apologize. I still have the uh, allergies lingering in my voice. I promise I've tested multiple times. It is not the other thing. I want to make that abundantly clear because we got guests in studio today. Um, One of which, we've done this show many times. Patrick, do you have any idea how many of these we've done over the years? I I don't know how many, but my guess is it's probably six out of the last seven years. Yeah, we didn't do it in 2020. Except for the one year. Yeah, yeah, that wasn't much of an option. This is our annual college basketball preview show. Patrick Stevens, our college hoops guru, is in studio with us today, and we're going to have the area's coaches joining us throughout today's show we kick things off right out of the gate. We welcome in the head coach of the Loyola Greyhounds. It is great to see him here. He is Coach Tavares Hardy, and he's first on the hot seat. Coach, thank you so much for stopping by to see us. You are probably the tallest coach that will be joining us in studio, so we're going to have to adjust the camera a couple times a day. But it's great to see you, sir. Thank you for coming in. Great to see you all as well. I thought Coach Scary had me by a couple <laughs> inches. Yeah, you know what? Now that I think about it, no. Uh, <laughs> you, you, you beat me to the joke. Yeah, I was, yeah. I, the, the wheels yeah. were turning there. No, no. not quite. Not yeah. <laughs> quite. It's great to see. You know what? I, I feel like I, I want to do this right out of the shoot. We, yeah, I caught up with one of your former players recently. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've gotten to know you a good bit over the years, done some of your games, and you've been in here every year with Patrick and I. And I just wondered if there was maybe something that we didn't know about you, that, you know, how you tick and and why it is that you've been able to be successful at this. And so I was asking, again, a former player of yours, is there something that we should know about Coach Hardy that might help explain him? And this is, I just wanted you to hear this. This is what I got back. You know, I've heard he's, he's not a great golfer. So, you know, you, you, you gotta, you, you gotta let him know, you know, I've heard he, he can't break a hundred. Wow. Wow. That is uh boy, boy. It, that's really, it's close. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I've gotten better. You know, I had a, a nice run where I was in the nineties and when I'm in the nineties, I am happy. So, so he's actually right. That's, if that's not great, that's me. So you just picked up golf in the last couple of years? Yeah, you know, it was strictly because of COVID. There was, they wouldn't let us do much. I love my family. I had a great time being home with the four kids and my wife all the time. But you just need something. Um, we needed something at that moment. And for me, it was golf. I didn't own clubs. Um, so bought them, never took any lessons, just got out there and started playing. And it's been fun. I've got a chance to travel to some cool places and play some great courses and really meet some some awesome people uh, in the Baltimore community and beyond. So that, of course, was the voice of Santi Aldama. Have you played with Santi specifically? No, he just he just picked it up as well. You know. Okay, but, so he's talking yeah. smack when really he's probably right. not any better. He's not any better. But, <laughs> you know, draft, uh, the day before the draft, we were out in Spain in Gran Canaria, and uh, he actually hosted us for a lunch on a golf course. And uh, I wanted to play it so bad. I didn't have my clubs, but uh, the addiction was real at the time. But he, he's picking it up as well. I got to get him out there uh, in the offseason. That's cool. That's very cool. He is uh, Tavares Hardy. He's with us here in studio. Coach, um, I, I promise we will talk basketball. I just I wanted to bring up because Santi is joining us on the show tomorrow. Seeing him move into the starting lineup this yep. year, what that means for you, for the obviously the first-round pick, that's a really big deal. Yeah. But now, like getting in there and getting the minutes that he's getting, what does that mean to you? No, it's fantastic. I mean, we all know draft night. There were a lot of people surprised um, hearing his name called, um, but we weren't. 
and the the Grizzlies weren't. Uh, obviously, they they to take him in the first round it meant they really believed in him, and uh, he's proven them right. And it's with his work ethic, um, and he just has tremendous upside. His talent, he's seven feet. He can dribble, pass, and shoot. From our perspective, we allowed him to do that here. We helped him develop with that, and um, that was one of the promises we made to him and his his people uh, as as we were recruiting him. And so, yeah, it's it's awesome to be able to see that uh, everything that we told him could happen from our perspective is coming to fruition. As you head into this season, obviously you're, you're replacing another pretty notable name on the roster, Cam Spencer. Uh, but but overall, you know, there's a fair bit of continuity there too. Like, how do you feel overall about what you have coming back? Considering obviously there's a, a guy that averaged almost 19 a game that's not, but there's just about everything else is. No, I mean it would be really cool if. Uh, our two senior or senior classes included Santi Aldama and Cam Spencer, uh, two guys that we recruited and, and would be seniors. Uh, but at the same time, if it wasn't for COVID, Jalen Andrews wouldn't be back. Kenny Jones wouldn't be back. And so to have those two veterans who are extremely experienced uh, back on our roster this year, uh, I, I tell those guys we're really thankful for them because um, they could have transferred, you know, in today's culture. Um, you know, Jalen averaged 13, 14 points per game. Uh, power conference schools would have taken them. Um, and, and he chose to come back to Loyola. So I appreciate him for that, and uh, we're going to really need those guys to lead our young guys because after that, uh, because we did lose that those two in the senior class, uh, we get we get really young. We got Golden DK, but um, then we have uh, 10 freshmen and sophomores uh, that we expect to play. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that's a young group that's going to have to grow and develop, but uh, they're talented, and, and I think they'll get there. You know, it, it, Tavares Hardy, the head coach of Loyola, is in studio with us. You mentioned those sophomores, and I've I've seen a good bit of the Illiches, and in moments you're like, man, these dudes, they've they've got everything, right? Like the the skill set is entirely there. Um, and maybe I'll throw Golden in there as well, who like again in moments you see just sort of brilliance from it for this team to take that step back forward and compete again for the Patriot League title. Those guys in the front court, how important is it to see that consistent kind of next step from that group for you guys to make that jump and be right back in the Patriot League con- contention? Yeah, it's it's critical. Um, we need, and I tell Golden all the time, we need you to be that dominant force that you, you we recruited. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and he wants to be. Uh, so let's go out there and be that. Uh, because between Golden, Alonzo Faure, yep. um, and, and as you mentioned, Milos and Velko, uh, that's a pretty pretty big front line. Um, and, and so we got to be able to use that, take advantage of it, um, and let those guys kind of become that dominant force collectively. And uh, if they can do that, then, yeah, the sky's the limit for this team. You mentioned Alonzo. That was one of the guys I wanted to ask about with some of the reserves from last year that I'm guessing you're looking for a little bit more out mm-hmm. of, whether that's a, a Nick Marshall, uh, somebody of that ilk. How are some of those younger guys kind of emerging, and do you see a guy in particular you think can take a pretty big leap here year over year. Yeah, that group's been a little banged up, mm-hmm. uh, to be honest with you all. Uh, this summer and fall um, hasn't been easy for that group. Um, I think Chris Kazimka is going to be able to give us some really solid minutes. Um, he, he's he's developing in, in a sort of a, a backup combo guard spot. Um, so I'm looking forward to him. David Brown has really stepped up. Um, you know, he's he's going to compete for a starting spot. Um, you know, he's, he's improved his, his overall game. His shooting's been better. Uh, he just plays so hard. He's such a good kid. Um, so those two, I would say, out of that class have, have, have shown the most recently. Some of the other guys have been a little more banged up. But uh, really looking forward to uh, to getting those guys back healthy. 
because there is some talent in there with 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 Milos and Velko and, and Nick Marshall. Is there a freshman that you're already seeing that you're saying like, look, I th- this guy, it's very clear, is going to be immediately in the mix minutes wise. Absolutely, uh, Dion Perry, um, you know the point guard from Baltimore. Baltimore, yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Now he's he's going to start for us um, at point guard. He's going to allow us to move Kenny Jones over, wow. um, which should you know help take away some of the loss of Cam. Um, having Kenny at the two, um, you know, obviously he's, he didn't average 19 a game, but Kenny was able to make some some good shots for us, and uh, that that'll help us. I think Isaiah um, Alexander is growing in his role. Um, I think you're gonna watch that kid get better and better now. As all freshmen, he's gonna have mm-hmm. some ups and downs, as, as well as Dion. But um, I think Isaiah, by the time we get in a Patriot League play, is, is gonna really be ready to go for us. Yeah. Um, and then last one's Tyson Commander. Uh, who who came on late? Um, he he missed the summer, but uh, when you talk about explosive athlete, um, you know he's just getting his feet wet. Uh, look for him to grow throughout the year as well. And another local kid, another uh, local John kid, Carroll, John Carroll, right? Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Are you nervous when you hand over a point guard job to a freshman? <laughs> like I, I, I feel like that. I don't know. Is there trepidation at all? Uh, you know, having Kenny on the floor with him um, really helps. You know, there's a, a moment. There's moments in practice where I have Kenny and Chris and uh, Dion all together. And um, at the end of the day, you know, I tell Dion what our offense. Once we get in the half court, everybody can make plays, and so he can come off the ball when he wants um, and, and, and lighten the load a little bit. But it is hard for for for, for a freshman. But you know, I, he was the best point guard in the city um, last year, and uh, maybe the best player in the city last year. And uh, you know, I, I told him, Let, let's let's be that now, be that in the Patriot League. When you when you have enough of a group coming back like you do, obviously it's not the entire group, but you, you had a season where I'm sure once you got into late January, you were feeling pretty good, and things just kind of unraveled from there. How did you kind of evaluate that, and how did those guys evaluate that as they move forward in their careers into this season? Yeah, you know, it's it's one of those things where you got to trust the work you're putting in, um, really believe in your yourself and believe in your teammates, believe in the system. Um, so we really dug back into our culture, uh, the, the values that, that, that we stress, um, and, and try to use that to catapult, um, you know, just everything that we do from a off-season standpoint. Um, and, and so we really dug back into style of play. We dug back into five guys working together to help each other score. Um, felt like last year there was a lot of, a lot of times where we tried to take it upon ourselves to – you know, will us to victory, and you know we got to use each other. Uh, that's that's the whole basis of how we play offensively and defensively, and uh, we really tried to emphasize that and train that more this summer and and uh, fall and even spring. Talk about some of the players you lost, Coach Tavares Hardy from Loyola, first up with us in this year's college basketball preview. I know another big change uh, is on the coaching staff as uh, Evo got a great opportunity to go out to UCLA and. Mm-hmm. I imagine that's got to be pretty bittersweet for you because, you know, yeah. it's a great opportunity, but, like, you know, yeah. he, he had done a lot of good things here, clearly. Yeah, no, absolutely. But it, it's all sweet in terms of, you know, it's natural progression for him. Yep. Um, and he's earned it. You don't see that stuff. Uh, that's, that's one of the things I am proud of with this group since I've been here. Uh, you don't see too many first-round draft picks. You don't see too many assistant coaches leaving to go to UCLA. That's yeah. a top-five program. Uh, you know they'll be they'll be in contention for the final four this year and he's already hit the ground running recruiting well <clears throat> so no really happy for him um you know i tell him as we win uh and the, the fully plan to win this year 
uh, as we win, he'll look at it and feel just as much a part of it as we do, even though he's not here. Uh, he left his mark, and that's what you want to do. You know, every job I left as an assistant coach, um, I always want to look back and feel like I left my mark. Um, and, and, you know, he, he certainly has uh, for Loyola, and we're, we're eternally grateful for you mentioned Jalen Andrews really right for the jump on this, but uh, just a little bit more on him just because he is as experienced as he is for you. He has spent as much time in your system as he has. How valuable is he going to be for, for this particular team? And is the fact that he already is a guy that you've counted on a lot mm-hmm. make it a little bit easier to kind of say this is a guy we can we can build around for this year mm-hmm. and can handle a good chunk of the load and you know it already no for sure I mean Jalen was the first recruit um, that I saw evaluated liked and signed when I got the job and the fact that I still have him going into year five mm-hmm. is awesome um, you know the main thing for Jalen uh, what I tell him all the time is impacting winning is what you need to be thinking about it's not about how many points you score it's not about who gives you the accolades like how do you impact winning um, on a day-to-day basis and, and I want him to just you know live that <laughs> um, and, because it's so much more he can do for us um, you know whether it is putting the ball in a hole or making sure our young guys are feeling confident and comfortable or getting us an extra possession or locking down another team's best defender like whatever it takes to win that's what I want him to be locked in on and um, he'll have a more that it'll make his fifth year experience uh, extremely worth it and he'll think about it the rest of his life as how how he won um, his last time out at Loyola I'll give this generically to every coach that comes in here today coach blank is the difference if Loyola is going to be able to compete to win the Patriot League shooting okay um I really believe we have the best uh, potential shooting team we've had since I've been here. Um, but guys got to—they're young, and so they got to learn where their shots are coming from. Uh, and then they got to step up and just bang them. <laughs> uh, you know, I don't sub on mistakes. I don't sub on missed shots. I don't even talk about it really. So they got the green light. Every one of them um, step up, shoot with confidence, and because uh, they're capable. Yeah. Do you think there's going to be an alpha that steps, you know, obviously we talk about losing Cam, yeah. like he was the guy, right, in right. those moments. Do you feel like there is a player that is going to step in to be that guy or it's more of a committee situation? You know, as I think about, you know, again, try not to daydream too much, but it's human nature. And you start to think about what it would take to be successful to win a championship, cut down the nets. That happens as coaches. Any of us that says it doesn't, it's a lie. Um, we do want to focus on the process so we can't get carried away with it. But when I think about this group and what would, what it would take to cut down the nets, it really is a collective effort. We 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 don't have that alpha. Um, I think some guys may want to be that, and that's not really what this group is about. And I think once we figure that out uh, and put that together on the court, Kenny Jones is, has been playing at a, a higher level than he has been playing, but I don't think he needs to lead us in scoring for us to be successful. I think we need to be one of those 14, 13, 12, 11 uh, type, you know, across the board teams. And um, we can be really successful that way. That way, if one person isn't going, uh, somebody else can step up and take the load that night. And um, I I think I really believe that's how this group is going to be. Is there any benefit to knowing like and I'm not sure if you even felt this way, but I think sometimes people say, well, you get into games and maybe everybody's just looking around and waiting for Cam to, to go be Superman, right? Yeah. Like, is there any benefit to knowing, hey, you, you can't wait around for that this year. That's not coming. Yeah, it's going to have to be learned. Um, 
but but I, I do think I do think there is an advantage to that. Yeah. Um, you know, our system is we've had the Patriot League leading scorers, a uh, leading scorer all four years that sure. I've been here. Andrew Costeca two years, Santi, and then Cam. I don't. We don't need that to be successful, mm. right? I think a collective effort, a balance. That's what our offense is really designed for. There's no difference in opportunities that the forward on the left side, which was Andrew Costeca, and the forward on the, the right side. Like, there's no difference in opportunities. Andrew is just capable of doing more, right? And so I want a collective group of guys that are capable of doing everything. Then you make the right reads. You make the right decisions. You care about your teammates. You care about winning. And then it all balance itself out. I, I, I want to hang on a second because I just found out somebody's listening this morning. You, you guys are playing next Monday out at DePaul, mm-hmm. all right? Bino. I, I need you to whoop Bino's ass for Yeah, you, Bino's right? in the I building. Need you to, <laughs> Bino checked in this well. You know, that's my guy. I love yeah. Bino, of course. But you're going to have to go out there and whoop some DePaul ass. So, yeah, yeah. Hey. No, I, uh, I, Bino's I, great. I actually was going to bring up the idea. I know you went out to Chicago State a couple years ago. Yeah. But to be able to start a season out there, you probably uh, got to feel pretty good that, that opportunity to head back home. Yeah, it, it's awesome. Um, it, I had such a, a fun time coaching that game at Chicago State. Um you know, uh, I can't remember the exact number, but tons of family and friends that came. We had a, a very nice cheering section. We'll have the same uh, at DePaul. But obviously this is a, a tougher game. No offense to Chicago <laughs> State, but, um, you know, DePaul and, and, and what they're building, um, you know, those guys are doing a great job, not just Bino, Paris, Parham. They're recruiting um, at, at, a, at a really high level. Um, and, and so we're going to have to deal with their length, their athleticism. Um, it's year two. Um, if we were fully healthy and had everything going, um, yeah, I think we 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 put up a show this year. I told our guys, I said we're not going in there with any uh, with any false sense of hope. We're gonna we're gonna battle. We're gonna compete. Um, but if they play well, it's gonna be long. It's gonna be hard for us. So we're, we're, you know, if if we play great and they don't play as well, then then maybe we can give it a shot. But uh, you know, it's one of those things where night in and night out, our guys want to compete. They want to develop. They want to get better. Um, and, and so. You know, I'm excited for this opportunity. We got a lot of great people coming out to the game. Uh, some business leaders in Chicago that I had previous relationships with. Um, the the president of DePaul actually has a child that goes to Loyola. Oh wow! Uh, which oh was wow! A, which is an awesome deal. So um, we might have some access to some things that we might not have normally <laughs> had access to. <laughs> yeah, it's a nice little trip that you make. They're like, wow, you guys, you guys put you up in the nice hotel. Yeah, yeah it'd be nice. It'd be nice <laughs> trip. Look at how that worked out. Uh, Coach, obviously, so uh, we mentioned it starts for real next Monday night, but you guys are hosting a cool exhibition uh, tomorrow night mm-hmm. uh, for people in this area. You're going to bring uh, Stevenson in to yeah. play a game. I, I know a lot of teams are kind of getting away from exhibitions at this point, like trying to go more of the – I know you played one of the um, the scrimmages yep. against Morgan State this weekend, but why still do the exhibition? What's the value of this for you guys? No, it's uh, really twofold. Um, number one, like you said, for the fans – um, you know, to be able to play a local team. We played Hopkins a few times, um, just just giving them a chance to see, you know, a, a smaller school. We're not allowed to play another D1 school in this type of game. Um, so just being able to see two local schools that don't normally compete against each other compete. Um, sometimes it can be a little nerve-wracking uh, as, as we're trying to get our guys going. So, so for the fans is one piece. And then for us, especially with such a young team, we want to make sure that we get our guys some experience in live action in front of some folks. Um, so that the first time they're not playing uh, in front of fans is in Chicago, um, so they'll they'll be able to uh, to see some things. But it, it's 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 always challenging. Um, I remember 
my two exhibition games as a freshman, I think I had uh, 16 points in the first game and 15 in the second or vice versa. And I thought, you know, all yeah, this you're, is great. You're good, right? It's yeah, easy yeah, now. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and then they, somebody said, well, you know, that doesn't count on your scoring average, right? <laughs> <laughs> now, wait a second. Was, it, was this one back in the day when you guys would have been playing like athletes in action? Athlete, yeah. yeah. California, California All-Stars. All yeah, yeah, right. Right. Yep. I think we played them and we played like Lithuania Lita. Okay. Okay. <laughs> That's, uh, I mean, that's pretty good competition, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't think they sent their top guys. Uh, but, all right, all right, never mind. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but it was, you know, it, it was all good, um, you know, good experience. But you do, you know, as coaches, you're a little nervous because you don't want anybody to do anything crazy. And, sure. Um, but it, but I, I think for this group, so we did just have that scrimmage against Morgan. It was just this weekend. This is later than normal um, in terms of, um, you know, uh, we like to get these more mid-October, um, but this group needed a little more time, and um, and so playing tomorrow, we we got we got a lot of kinks to uh, to work through, um, and I'm just being honest with you all. Like right. it's a it, it's it's a team that is still trying to figure some things out, and um, you know we'll get there though. Well, you're literally telling that to the guy who's scouting you right now, who's hey. listening to the interview this morning. It is what it is, Bino. Tomorrow, <laughs> tomorrow night, again, you can go see the Greyhounds as they take on Stevenson at Reed's Arena. And then the first uh, regular season home game will be on November 13th when they bring in Brown. And that's a doubleheader uh, with the women as well. And the Ravens are off that day. They're on uh, by that weekend. So great opportunity to come out and check out some great hoops absolutely on 13th. absolutely coach Tavares Hardy so good to see you my friend all right you as well uh, we wish you well on, on continuing to break 100 uh, <laughs> I, I gave up on it some time ago because it was just not happening for me yeah. I said you know what I'm, I, I, I know my limits it ain't gonna be a thing uh, but we wish you well on that and even better this season we'll be seeing you out there thanks for stopping right. by and thanks Glenn thanks Patrick that's Tavares Hardy from Loyola. We will take our first break of the day. We'll come back in, set up the rest of the show. Kevin Brodus from Oregon State will be next up on the hot seat. Oh, look at that. He's already here. So we can keep things moving right along. It's our college basketball preview show, Glenn Clark Radio. Experience the best in Kamado Grilling, a complete outdoor cooking appliance. The Ginsu Kamado Grill allows anyone to sear, grill, bake, and smoke all types of food. Designed for efficiency and function, the Ginsu Kamado Grill upholds the enduring legacy of the iconic Ginsu brand. The Ginsu Kamado Grill is perfect to cook all year round, is great for parties, and ideal for tailgating with your friends. Reserve your Ginsu Kamado Grill today at ginsugrills.com and get $100 off on your pre-order when you use the promo code tailgate that's ginsugrills.com reserve yours today the latest edition of press box is available now on the cover new maryland basketball coach kevin willard sits down with stan charles and glenn clark to discuss the situation he inherited in college park and how he plans to get the program turned around also inside we introduce you to men's and women's college basketball players from all of the teams in the area and bo smoker profiles ravens receiver devin duvernay press box is available for free at over 500 area locations including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. Another Orioles season is in the books, and the Bataround was there every step of the way as the Birds posted their first winning season in six years. And after promoting two number one overall prospects in Adley Rutschman and Gunnar Henderson, Mike Elias has said it's liftoff from here. Hi, I'm Paul Valley, and along with my co-host Zach Goodman, we'll be here every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon all off season discussing every signing trade and waiver claim as we navigate the
the cold winter months that lead to spring training. You can watch us at youtube.com slash pressboxonline and facebook.com slash pressboxsports or listen live at pressboxonline.com slash radio. And if you miss a show, you can find us anywhere you get your podcasts. So tune into the Bat Around with Paul Valley and Zach Goodman every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon right here at Pressbox Sports. Stan the Fan here, welcoming back one of my favorite sponsors, the Costas Inn. And everybody around Baltimore knows the Costas Inn is a great place to go and grab crabs, steaks, salads, soups, whatever's on your mind to eat in person. But did you know that the Costas Inn has upped their game? They are now one of the premier takeout places in Baltimore. Give them a call now to order your food, 410-477-1975. That's the Costas Inn, over 4100 North Point. Boulevard. The Baltimore County Police Department is hiring. Entry-level officers start at close to $59,000 a year with a $10,000 bonus. Some restrictions apply. Plus a great retirement plan, medical, dental, and vision insurance, advancement to specialized units, tuition reimbursement, 15 sick days earned per calendar year, and even further incentives for military members and veterans. If you have a passion for service and want a career for life, visit JoinBaltimoreCountyPD.com or call 410-887-887. 5542. You must be a United States citizen, possess a valid driver's license, and have a high school diploma or GED equivalent. The Baltimore County Police Department is an equal opportunity employer. If you can't listen or watch live, you can subscribe to the show via Spotify, Amazon, or Apple Podcasts. Leave a five-star review while you're there. Or, if lying isn't your thing, we'll take a three-and-a-half-star review, too. All right, we continue on our college basketball preview edition of Glenn Clark Radio. Patrick Stevens is in studio with us today. Today's show is brought to you by Glory Days Grill. We love Glory Days Grill around here. The Oktoberfest menu is still available, and $6.99 appetizers are also available after 9 p.m. every day at Glory Days Grill. GloryDaysGrill.com is the website for you to get your order in glorydaysgrill.com joining us now here in studio he's actually checking out uh, there's a good story about uh, Malik Miller in that print issue of Press Box which you've got in front of you he is the head coach of the Bears coach Kevin Brodus is in studio with us coach it's great to see you thanks so much for stopping by and hanging out with us thanks, thanks for having me uh, good to be here today absolutely so uh, you were just chatting with uh, with Tavares on the way out you guys how'd that go this weekend I, I I heard you guys whoop their asses. That's the one that's, that I heard. No? No, that's not true about whooping their <laughs> asses. We play well though. We we really defend it. You know, it was it was a good um it was a good outing for us. Um we just gotta keep learning and building on, you know, that's what these not exhibition but scrimmages are for. They're not about winning and losing. But at the end of the day you wanna win, but it's about building and getting better and like this morning we went in and watched film with the guys and showed them and they were like eyes open, like, wow, we could have really, you know, but we didn't. So we did what we were supposed to do. Now we got to get better and get now it really counts starting seven days from now. You guys had a really strong finish to the season a yeah. year ago, right? You closed really well, um, obviously fell short in the MEAC tournament. But how do you build off of that? What were you guys doing right down the stretch last season that you put together a really good win streak? And how do you carry that into this year? We started defending. And, you know, I think we cut the rotation down at that point. So guys got used to playing together long minutes and doing things the right way. And we we haven't gotten a solid rotation. We're trying to play everybody in the preseason, but now it's time. It's nuts and bolts time. So now we'll cut it down and 
long as we're defending like we have been so far this year, we got a chance to win. I, I always tell our, the people around around the program, we may be less talented, but we're a better team, if that makes any sense, because guys are buying in and doing the things they're supposed to. And I tell you, when you have leaders like Malik and uh, Isaiah Burke, you, you, you have a chance. You have a chance. So. And then we had a big kid to come along that's really been good for us. I think both ends of the court, Lewis joking. I mean, he's been incredible for us. So I like what we have. So we just got to put it all together, and hopefully we get lucky and we win some of these early games. <laughs> you, you brought up the idea of, of last year's rotation, and I think it's probably fair to say that was a little unwieldy at times last year, trying to find, find enough minutes to keep so many people happy. People like me like to talk about depth a lot. Can depth be overrated a little bit sometimes just because of the headaches that trying to play 11 and 12 guys? It, it depends on your team. Depth is not overrated. It's good when you have really good players and they buy into their roles. For us, injuries hurt us. And then, you know, we had to cut the, the rotation. When we went to the CIT, we played with eight players, mm-hmm. maybe seven or eight scholarship players. And, you know, we didn't make any excuses. I mean, we had it down to one position, possession, and we gave it away, and they, they won by five. But you just have to have the right combination. You know, depth is a good thing to have, especially early on because you can't foresee what's going to happen with injuries or what have you. But I, I would love to have depth, but this year I'm, I'm going in with a different mindset. I'm going to play the guys that's going to play together, play smart, and play hard. Along those lines, Malik is a guy that you know we mentioned a little bit earlier, but that's a guy that's played smart and played hard uh, pretty much from the second he walked onto campus. What stands out about him as he heads into his fifth year uh, as to what more he can do and, and just how significant has he been for you in, in building this program? He's been very significant. What more is he can bring these young guys along very fast. I mean, his resilience. I mean, he works hard every day, comes to work with a lunch pail, comes with a hard hat and he teaches these guys you know hey you can do it you can fight through it, the fatigue you can um you can get the extra rebound you can get the extra make the extra pass I mean Malik has been he's been like a coach on the floor and he's been really good he's even talking more now so and Isaiah's talking more now so I like how you know I like the way these guys are going about their business and I keep I'm gonna keep saying it yes we are less talented yes but this team is a better team. Interesting. Interesting. He is Coach Kevin Brodus from Morgan State. He's with us here in studio. You're a veteran team for the most part, right? Like, it seems like you've got a little bit more experience than some of the guys are going to be talking to. You mentioned guys that are starting to talk a little bit, right? Malik, Isaiah. How much is that paying off, the amount of experience that you have? Do you already see, like, that can be a significant difference for this team this season? It's paying off. I mean, we 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 brought in a kid, Lewis, joking. He talks more than anything anybody. <laughs> I think he talks in his sleep, but he he talks. Um, the new guys are just they just they gel together. They work hard together, and they they seem you know it's all about can you play together? You don't have to necessarily like someone. You got to respect them and play hard and play together. And these guys are really doing that. And um, it starts with Malik and. You know, all the way down to our 12th, 13th guy. Jokum is the transfer from Radford, correct? <laughs> yes, he was at Radford and VCU early on in his career. Um, 
about six nine and a half, about two fifty. I mean, he's been really good for us. Somebody that you that you had eyed and said, "This is a dude that can make a difference." I didn't know he could make this much of a difference. Okay. to be honest with you. I okay, big body. You know, he had some times early in his career where he showed promise, and he's come to us with, you know, <laughs> he's he's been a difference maker so far. Huge different maker. Point guard situation. Obviously, you guys had Seventh Woods and, and Sherwin Devonish last year. Uh, how has that situation kind of sorted itself out so far in the preseason? Maybe with guys like Daquan Copeland uh, and Rob uh, Lawson. Point guard by committee. You got Daquan, the six-five point guard. That he's more of a share the game type guy. Gets in the lane. He knows how to kick. And then you have Rob Lawson, probably our, one of our fastest guys on the team. That. He just makes things happen. I mean, he guards you from 94 feet. He's really guarding them, really good. And then we got a guy, Cam Hobbs, uh, that's woo, came from uh, Division Two. That's like really good, really, really good. And I'm I'm happy with all of them. Um, last year we got caught up, and this is the thing you got to always, you know, manage your expectations. We I got caught up in the name seven because I recruited him hard out of high school when he went to North Carolina over Georgetown. But sometimes it's not always that the right fit. You know, guys come in trying to be more than what the program need them to be, and he just was hurt most of the year. And Sherwin, Sherwin was solid for us. He was solid, you know. He decided he wanted to move on. He went on to a Division two school in Oklahoma, and he's doing well. So I like the guys that we have. You know, I always say, like the, the saying is, love the one that loves you, you know, love the one you're with. And I love these guys that we got because they're putting forth the effort effort that we need uh coach you know you arrived at morgan and then the kind of the world was flipped upside down over the next couple of years and there was a lot of success in them I mean, runs to, to play for a MEAC title right like you you've had a lot of winning do you feel like now fourth year you've gotten to a place the world has settled down a little bit you've gotten more of a, a handle of the location and and what it is that's going on here that this is a program that's ready to take that next step and ready to get back to compete for a MEAC title? I think we are. I think we're ready to take the next step. I think we're ready to compete for the championship. Uh, we just got to stay healthy. We need some luck. We need some blessings. I mean, I think we have the right guys at the right positions and a lot of multi-talented guys that can do different things. I think this team is built off of grit, uh, tough defense, and – Hopefully we can score enough points to win to, to win many games. But, you know, this is the first time since I've been here our defense has been this far hit early on. It's usually our offense. We usually can score a lot of points. We normally do. We're usually in the top half of the league. But our defense has been really good. Like Tavares probably told you guys, I mean, we defend 94 feet. Whether we're trapping or just straight man-to-man, our guys are defending. And that's a, that's a plus for us. Because a lot of times when you have – names and you know they think they're better than the, the defensive part they just want the the, the scoring part this, this team has been you know dedicated to the defensive and they put the time in and you know the effort in to, to be a good defensive team you guys have were able to participate in a couple really nifty events last year the chris paul event out in phoenix the to game with against Howard tied in with the NBA All-Star game. This year you're playing Delaware State up in Newark. How important is it to for you as a program and how neat is it to be able to be involved in these HBCU showcase type of games? It's very important because they identified us. They asked us to play in it. We didn't go and ask them. And, 
you know, we split in the Chris Paul tournament and we didn't do as well at the NBA All-Star. And we should have, you know, we we started out, we was up big and we just fell apart. And that's just, that's a part of growth. And I think now we're ready to, you know, control our own destiny. And um, going to the uh, Michael B. Jordan event in New Jersey this year is big for us. It's big for our brand. It's big for the university. Anytime you can get on national TV, that's good for your university. And especially when you get on national TV and show well, it's really good for your, your university. Look at uh, Dion down in Jackson State. He has taken that program to another level. And that's not to say he's the only one can do it. Everyone can do it. You just got to put the time and the energy in. He does a hell of a job of selling. You know, all of us are not salesmen like <laughs> Dion, but that's why they call him Prime. I mean, he is Prime, and their program is Prime right now. To have college game day, that's big, and we like to bring all that to Morgan. I was going to well. say, that's we start, start the campaign for that now, right? Oh, yeah. Like, oh, to, yeah. to bring the basketball game day crew to Morgan State. No right? doubt about it. Yeah. Big Monday. Let's do Big Monday <laughs> at Morgan. You know? been, a, been a part of a few of those. So. None. Um, I, Coach, I, I've given the same question to everybody uh, all morning. The, the biggest difference, blank is the difference if Morgan State's going to be able to make a run towards a MEAC title. That's a loaded question. It's deep. Um, who is the difference? Or? And more specifically, what what do you if if we do this, we keep defending the way we're defending, and we figure out our offense to score points. We will make a run at the MEAC championships. In my the confidence heart. you speak in your defense is really it's, it's 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 changed night and day from when I first got here to me so far. Now we can't lose sight. We can't start off and then get – maybe if we get a few wins, we can't go away from it. I mean, we got to be about that grit, and that's what our guys have been. But if we defend, they always say defense win championships. I don't want to sound cliche. You know what I'm saying. Cliche, yeah, I cliche. get it. I get it, yeah. But that's the truth. Defense win championships. And um, right now that's what we're building on. And if we can, you know, get get some guys that can put the ball in the hole, we'll be fine. I mean, it's easier said than done, obviously. Oh, yeah, very <laughs> easy. And, and if you look at our schedule, it's going to be tough. You know, we go to Xavier, VCU, right. Bowling Green, Akron, Arizona. Uh, yeah. Arizona. I mean, we got a tough, we got a tough uh, road ahead of us, you know, and we look forward to it. This is with these young men go to UMBC. Mm-hmm. You know, we these young men, they, they look forward to stuff like that. Then we go out to Jamaica and play in that big classic. We got Utah Valley State, you know, I've – Played against them a few times in either Queens or uh, Green Bay. So we got a tough road. We're up for the challenge. We're ready for it. You know, we just, hey, let's let's throw it up and let's play. That's some serious globetrotting you're doing there, yeah. going from Jamaica to L.A. And we go to Loyola Marymount. You know, we played them a few years ago out there, and we had some success. So I know they're waiting on that, and their best player is still there. Uh, I know you talked to us last year when we talked about the the, uh, the All-Star event. You were like, hey, man, distractions. You know, I – in a way, I almost kind of don't want the guys participating in that event. When you put together a schedule like this with those many things, how much do you have to be aware of the same thing? Of You're going out to L.A., you're going to Jamaica. Like, How much do you have to talk to those guys about those types of distractions? Well, that, it's, it's clearly not the All-Star game. I am yeah, aware of that. That's, that's to- this is totally different than the All-Star game. And everything that you could imagine – like, you know, when you're practicing, you have Draymond Green coming through and you have Ja – what's Ja Morant? Yeah. He came to our locker room and wow. Steph. Wow. And, and um, uh, 
CP3, all those guys came in the locker room. I mean, just the that the, the wild factor with our guys and coaches, you know, you you get sidetracked and you know, it's it's a different beast. But when you go into these other tournaments, you're focused. We went to uh Bahamas my first year. We didn't win a game, but we were in every game but one other than Liberty. But <laughs> other than that, we were in every game, had a chance to win three games. So we'll be ready. And we just gotta handle the task this year and take it take it to take it to the top. You know, um these guys, that's what they wanted. Like, you know, we're trying to put together a summer uh, tour that we'll take this summer, you know, out of the country abroad. And it'd be good for these young men, you know, just show them about life and how how they play overseas abroad. You know, you guys got these dreams and aspirations. If they can't play in the NBA, maybe they can play overseas. So we're building a program. No doubt. We're no building doubt. a program. Uh, it gets underway next Monday night at Xavier, and then the first opportunity for you to see the Bears this season is a week from Thursday when they host Penn State Allegheny at Hill Fieldhouse. Coach Kevin Brodus, great to see you, sir. Great to see you guys. Thank you so Thank much you for, for stopping me. in and hanging Appreciate out with us again this year. Thank you. He is the head coach of the Morgan State Bears, Kevin Brodus, with us here on our college basketball preview. All right, we're going to get a minute here to reset before Pat Scary comes in and joins us. We'll have uh, Patrick talk up uh, generically a few other things in the world of college basketball that we need to know going into this season. So we'll do that next. And the head coach, Towson, Pat Scary, will join us as we continue. It's our college basketball preview show, Glenn Clark Radio. The Baltimore County Police Department is hiring. Entry-level officers start at close to $59,000 a year with a $10,000 bonus. Some restrictions apply. Plus a great retirement plan, medical, dental, and vision insurance, advancement to specialized units, tuition reimbursement, 15 sick days earned per calendar year, and even further incentives for military members and veterans. If you have a passion for service and want a career for life, visit JoinBaltimoreCountyPD.com or call 410-887-554. You must be a United States citizen, possess a valid driver's license, and have a high school diploma or GED equivalent. The Baltimore County Police Department is an equal opportunity employer. Come experience Maryland's number one sportsbook this NFL season at the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel, the ultimate place for any sports enthusiast. Take advantage of our 24-7 kiosks, massive video screens, and watch all the action from the best seat in the house. With more money paid out than anyone around, make every moment more at the new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit mdgamblinghelp.org. Glory Days Grill's Oktoberfest menu is now running. It's one of their most popular seasonal menus all year. It features the chicken schnitzel, the Oktoberfest brewer's platter, the brewer's sausage sandwich, the Bavarian burger with a pretzel bun, the cheddar ale soup, the slam dunk pretzels, and the apple cobbler. All of these meals pair well with Oktoberfest beers and Angry Orchard on draft. Dine in or order online at glorydaysgrill.com and pick up your favorites to take home. Glory Days Grill, great food, good sports. That first sip. That first bite Mm. starts your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. 
Have you been to Guilford Hall Brewery? Located in Baltimore's Station North neighborhood, Guilford Hall Brewery breaks the craft brew mold with their great handcrafted microbrews and amazing Bavarian-style food selections. Join Guilford Hall seven days a week for Orioles, Ravens, and all of your favorite college games. Make plans now to watch the big games, play trivia, or bring your dog for yappy hour. They even have free valet service on Friday and Saturday nights. Go to guildfordhall.com for a complete schedule of events, beer listings, and food and drink specials. We'll see you at Guilford Hall Brewery. Whether your focus is luxury and comfort, convenience and technologically advanced connectivity, or sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. Tune in to Simply the Bets every Tuesday and weekend at Bookies every other Thursday at 11.40 a.m. And if you really have nothing better to do, keep listening to this show, too. Hey, online sports betting will be starting in Maryland in the next few weeks, and PressBox is your source for the best offers and sign-up incentives. Starting now, you can get a $100 pre-registration credit from our friends at FanDuel by going to PressBoxOnline.com offers. The $100 credit is in addition to the new user promo you will get when they go live. That's PressBoxOnline.com offers right now to get your $100 FanDuel pre-registration bonus credit. PressBoxOnline.com slash offers. It is uh, Glenn Clark Radio. An early start today if you're like, hey, what the heck is going on? We started at 9 a.m. this morning. Thanks already to uh, Kevin Brodus from Morgan State for stopping by, as well as Tavares Hardy from Loyola. Pat Scary from Towson will be joining us in just a couple of minutes. Patrick Stevens, of course, uh, Washington Post and USA Lacrosse Magazine at Discourse on Twitter. He is back in studio. First of all, it's good to see you, sir. It's it been is, a little while. It has been. It's good to see you. Last time I saw you, I was getting blasted by the, uh, the folks. <laughs> we that, were at a baseball game. Yeah, run the cameras at Oriole Park at Camden Yards. They were uh, putting me out there, and uh, I was reading a book at a baseball game, and they were having some fun the, with it. The them. real surprise is, is that between the two of us, I wasn't That's the one fact. reading the that book. Is, that is a strong fact. Um, let's just talk, let's cover a couple of things here while we have a minute. One, we've already talked to two coaches. Normally when we do this, I like to give you an opportunity to give your thumbnails Mm -hmm. on those programs. So the first two teams that we've seen so far, Loyola, Morgan State, what are your thumbnails on those two teams? Well, I think Tavares Hardy is wisely kind of managing expectations at this point. And And I think that... Uh, for the Greyhounds, uh, the first month, month and a half of the season could be a bit bumpy as they kind of figure things out. Now, they do have some pieces. You know, they still have the Illiches. They still have Jalen Andrews. They still have Kenny Jones. So I, I don't necessarily view that as a team that's going to go finish eighth or ninth in the Patriot League. I think there's a core there that can put them right in the middle of the pack. I, I don't know if their ceiling is as high as it was last year. It certainly isn't as high without having Cam Spencer playing for them as opposed to playing up at Rutgers yep. right now. Uh, but but overall, you know, I, I think that's a program that uh, has been on a decent trajectory between making the run to the title game a couple years ago, being around 500 and not having to deal with the opening day of the Patriot League tournament for the first time last year. Uh, do I think they can be vastly better? Probably not. I think it's probably going to be a mid-pack team. And if they can just find a little, if they can avoid the sort of tailspin that they had toward the end of last year. I mean, they were not a very good team in February. Uh, they picked up a couple victories that were like, oh, maybe they can do something. Mm-hmm. And then it just, it just did not work out, which was the opposite of the way the season went the year before, obviously started late and all that. But I, I do think that 
Loyola is a team that, that can be more interesting as the year goes along, but I, I would temper expectations certainly for the early stages of the season. Uh, Morgan State, uh, look, I, I think first of all, Anybody in the MEAC not named Nor- Norfolk State, which brings back five starters from a team that, that won, the, won the league tournament last year, um, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be an uphill battle. I, and, and I say and I don't say that disres- in any sort of disrespectful way because I think Morgan State can be quite good. Uh, I love Malik Miller uh, as, as a player. That dude just plays so hard. He is a rebounding savant uh, at six foot four, always finding his way into, the, into things. You don't have to run any plays for him because he finds a way to get three putbacks every game. Uh, and and Lewis Johncom is a guy that that from talking to Kevin Brodus over the summer, he was excited then, and he sounds even more excited now about what what's going to happen. I do think that being able to hang your hat on defense is a really good sign, particularly in that league, because uh, I think between the fact that you've got a couple teams at the bottom that are really in rebuilding phases and some teams in the middle. Uh, that that I think it's fair to say are probably a little more erratic at the defensive end. If you have that going for you, you can probably play yourself into the top two or three in that league. So, uh, you know, Morgan with Norfolk and NC Central and, and Howard too. I think Howard is a skilled offensive team for sure. Uh, I don't know if defensively they'll quite get there, but they've got some interesting pieces at the offensive end. I, I certainly expect to see Morgan in the top half of that league. Uh, but as Kevin suggested, you know, it's not going to be an easy haul sure. getting getting to MEAC play this year. Now they play the 14 league games, and the, the Michael Jordan Classic uh, right. up in Newark is right. actually against a MEAC team. But it's, but it's a, not a conference. It is not a conference game. They actually play Delaware State back-to-back weekends. And the second one it's is kind of funny. It, yeah, so right. it, it basically, the MEAC kept the bye weekend that they had they built in. that they built in for COVID, in part because there's only eight teams now, so they're trying to spread the games out as best they can. So it actually gave the opportunity for them to schedule that that extra game huh. and, and not wind up having a gap of a dozen or so days in the middle of the season. So uh, I do happen to think that that they'll they'll be one of the better teams in the MEAC. Uh, but it's going to be tough for them uh, to dislodge Norfolk State. Of course, you know, I mean, you think back to last season when they were playing well at the end of the year, yep. they, that kind of started off with that with a victory over Norfolk State. They won five in a row, and they, they beat Norfolk by 11 at home, lost to them down in, in Norfolk, technically a neutral court, um, in, the, in the league tournament. But I do think that they're, they're a team that if they can – maintain that level of defense and last year in fairness you know in league play based on Kempom they were the second best defensive team in the league so if they're even better that that bodes pretty well I think let's talk about uh on a national scale again when the season gets underway one week from tonight and I believe every local team is playing one week from tonight I believe sure. everybody is just, just about, about in on Monday night next week um, big storyline, the biggest storylines. I assume it's a couple of coaching changes, Duke, Villanova. Like I assume that's at the top of the list for you as far as the biggest national storyline. Yeah, I think those are are certainly significant. You know, how does John Shire's first season go? You know, re- replacing Mike Shashevsky, um, Kyle Neptune. Did I thought a fabulous job at, at Fordham last year? I mean, the record doesn't stand out. They went sixteen and sixteen, but when you consider that that's a program that hadn't won eight a ten games in a season in what six years or so, and typically has been a doormat in that league and ended up in the eight nine game, that was a pretty pretty uh, pretty strong level of improvement there. And obviously, he's 
tied in with the Villanova culture and whatnot. I've been an assistant there under Jay Wright for a long time. So, yeah, I think that overall, uh, those are two two interesting things to keep an eye on. I think, you know, the obvious, uh, you know, when I think about like the, the almanac slogan that's been out there, it's the year of the big man, right? Armando Baycott is yep. back. And Drew Timmy. And Drew Timmy at Gonzaga is back. And, and Shabway at Kentucky. I mean, shouldn't ignore like the national player of the year or anything. Uh, so w- when you size that up, you know, I think, uh, I-, I think that those are things that, uh, certainly there's a little bit of brand name for a few players, um, to think about. And, and, and we haven't necessarily seen that on a consistent basis in college basketball That's very, in, norm- the one, nor- in the one and done era. You find out who a player and, is mm-hmm. and then they're and then gone. They're, and then right. they're gone, Correct. you know? And so, you know, I, I think that. You know, we're looking at teams. Obviously, there's a fair number of blue bloods that we expect to be good, but I also think there's a fair amount of uncertainty too. Uh, you know, yeah, everybody thinks Carolina is going to be really good, sure, but and they were really good at the end of last season. But they were pretty inconsistent. But, but they team. were, but they weren't anything particularly special up until mid February. Yeah, and so yes, Baycott's really good, and Caleb Love's really good, and they've got some other pieces. Now it could just be one of those classic veteran North Carolina teams. You know, it's also interesting. You know, over the years, I've had a friend that joked. You know, Roy Williams has always been really good at getting player at getting players to like not like money enough. You know, <laughs> and obviously Roy's not in charge down there right. anymore. But but there's a certain element of that. Of course, it gets mitigated a little bit by by some NIL stuff. Uh, but they've they've had a habit over the years of finding guys that were more will more willing to stick around than maybe their talent would suggest. Sure. sure. So they you know Love and Baycott is a good place to start for them. Uh, you know, you think about a, a team that's maybe not necessarily the first team that pops to anybody's mind as to a power, but but Creighton, <laughs> I think, is going to be <laughs> really really good this year. Uh, you know, they have a they had a lot of, of of breakout showings last season. They had Bailey Shireman from South Dakota State, who just was a, a statistical monster in the Summit League last year, and that was really one of the top transfers that was floating around out there. So I, I really think that that's a team that that bears monitoring as well, uh, along with you know heavens knows how many teams we could come up with you know in various places, whether it's UCLA, yep. you know how does Arizona reload. What what else happens in the Big Twelve? Because you know, like it's not like Kansas is going anywhere. It's not like it, Baylor. It feels going like away. Houston is very much. You know, still Houston's up. very much in play, and they play down in Annapolis. That's right. Uh, as part of the it, Veterans Classic. Part of the Veterans yeah. Classic against St. Joseph's next Friday. So got to put a plug in for that because yeah. you know uh, that that might be the best team that comes through this area. This is a great point, right? That's a very good point. They're like preseason number three, correct, mm-hmm. in the country. So. Um, no, that's a huge opportunity for you to see. I don't, I don't even know if there are still tickets. I say that. I have no idea if there are still tickets available for the Veterans Classic at this point, but it would be a huge opportunity for you to see one of the best teams in the country. Um, you brought up Creighton. Give me another team that is maybe not getting as much attention at the start of the season that is is more interesting to you, someone that you think could be a factor. Is St. Louis. St. Louis. St. Louis. Tell me about St. Louis. All right. Well, I'll tell you about. I know zero. Okay. Well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you about a couple A10 teams. We'll okay. Start, we'll start with probably the better team in the A10, and that's Dayton. Okay. Uh, which you know brings back pretty much everybody from last year. Uh, Duran Holmes is a guy. He was a freshman last year, A10 freshman of the year, and he he's the truth. He was a top fifty recruit, and they made a big deal out about uh, landing him, and it turned out he was every bit as good as they expected. 
Uh, so you throw him in with Tamani Kamara, Malachi Smith, great team there. And and that's a team I think they're not going to be, I don't think they're going to be like Obi Toppin level, you know, sure. top five, right. but they're going to be a team that's going to cause problems for people because they have about as good a front court as you're going to see. Eh, I don't, there's only a handful that are, wow. better, that are better than that. Wow. So St. Louis is an interesting team because last year at the start of the season, you know, they had a, they had a player, uh, that they were really banking on Javante Perkins. Um, that was going to basically be like the one of the top players in the A10, and he tears his ACL in the preseason. And it just turned out that they had an awesome point guard in Yuri Collins, and the injury actually opened the door for Gibson Jimerson to play. And the next thing you know, like they won 20, 23 games last year, and they bring just about everybody back. Okay, so all right, I, I think that's a team you know that that is definitely worth monitoring. Uh, as, and and a third team that we really need, need to keep an eye on is definitely the Towson Tigers. The, they, look at <laughs> the, look at this man with his transitions. Look at that. He's a radio professional. Um, we, this is our college basketball preview show. Patrick Stevens is here in studio with us. Today's show also brought to you by the all-new Ginsu Kamado Grill. Use the code TAILGATE at GinsuGrills.com right now and save $100 when you pre-order your Ginsu Kamado Grill. Uh, one of our favorite people, always great to see, Coach Pat Scary from Towson University, who I believe is is the only that has done every single one of these with us I think over so. the years. I think so. I believe the only coach that has been in studio with us every year since we started doing these shows. Pat Scary, it's so great to see you again, sir. Thank you for coming in and hanging out with us. It's great to be here. Nice I don't know if that's a blessing or a curse. I no. Don't know. no. <laughs> is, is, the, is the commute a little bit better for you? Yeah, now? right? It's a great setup over here. Yeah, it's great not setup. bad. Not no. bad. Right but right in your backyard. Um, Coach, look, I, let, me, let me start here. You obviously had one of the best seasons in Towson basketball history a year ago, but clearly ended with disappointment, right? On a, You bring back so much, and there's every reason to have every ounce of faith in this Towson team this year. But do you have to handle the emotional, the the mental side of experiencing disappointment? Do you have to like see your kids do something to understand that they've been able to move past that and and know that they're focus driven and they're they are you know head back down to go you know maybe with the unfinished business this season? Well, I mean, you know, you know what the the goal is. Um, I, I think the challenge becomes with guys that are talented and competitive and that are taking on more of a leadership role of what does you know what does effective winning leadership mean you know and we're definitely still a work in progress on that um i think i think you know the intent is really good glenn and i think as a coach now it's trying to make sure that our um our behaviors match our intent. What I mean by that is, uh, like, are, are you blocking out properly? Are you huddling guys properly? Um, are, as an elite player, are you doing what you're supposed to do uh, before or as you get after a, a, a new guy? Because if you get after a new guy, that's good. But if you're not doing it at, at a level that's consistent to what expectations are, then... You know, then you're going to have some bumps in the road. Like for, for a coach, we're trying to make sure starting November 7th, we don't have any bumps in the road. Um, I'm not sure if we're going to have any bumps <laughs> in the road yet. You know, that's why we play the games. But uh, so, like, you know what I mean? That's that's the whole challenge. It's the short term versus where, where you're trying to get uh, come March. 
you you look at what you guys had last season. You had four really spectacular players with eligibility remaining. And in this day and age, that usually means people are from high major schools are starting to circle like vultures trying to trying to pick guys off of a mid-major roster. And you've still got Charles Thompson, and you've still got Cam Holden, and you've still got Jason Gibson, and you've still got Nick Timberlake. How neat is that just to have that opportunity to, to run it back with those guys this season? No, it's, I really appreciate that because, one, they're, they're really good guys, um, and they have mutual respect and appreciation for each other. Two, they're talented. And then three, I think they really like our program and our university, so they're, they're here for all the, the right reasons. Now, I also know with them, there's a whole, like, they want it. They want it bad. You know, that doesn't guarantee, that doesn't guarantee anything either, you know. Um, uh, you know, we, we went through a, hopefully a good experience on Saturday where we had a big lead early against a team I would probably consider that would come in the top five in our league, so like a January-February road game. And, um, and this then is at St. Joe's. At St. Joe's, yeah, St. Joe's, and then Billy Lang's and a nice job. They got good talent, good size, speed, and they had some people in the building. So all that was good. And and then you know we didn't do a good job um, with some execution down the stretch. That I think, like for me, where I've got to do a better job and then get our guys understand. Like a year ago down the stretch, um, when we got up on you, it was it was over. So the reality is right now we're not there. Um, but it's not because we didn't play hard. It's not because we didn't have talent. Um, we just, uh, you know, we're a work in progress. You know, someone said, did you learn anything from this? I said, tell you, tell you in a week or so. Right. I mean, we'll find out. Exactly right. I understand that. Um, Coach, what was the biggest difference a year ago in gelling the way that you did? Like what was it? Was it the kids? Was it something specific? that you thought that they did, why did it gel so well last season, and how do you attempt to replicate that? Well, one, the kids, and I still feel like we have the same type of kids. Yeah. Uh, two was we really shared the ball, and I thought our ball movement was outstanding on Saturday, um, which that was really in- encouraging. By the way, Pat Scary is now on Twitter, and if you want some entertaining content, it's when he shares videos of his team moving the ball in practice. Yeah, that's right, and yeah. got some good quotes. And I, I would say I'm back with uh, a vengeance on Twitter, and should definitely at, at Coach Pat Scary should definitely give it a follow. They, um, I, I think like like right now, like it's just the um, the intangibles. Like when you play against Towson. Um, do you feel us in, in some other areas where I think even when we maybe didn't have as good a team, you you felt us playing against us? I, I, we're not there yet. Um, I believe we absolutely will get there because the guys really want to want want to get there. Like I felt good about my group. We had a, um, a community service event on Sunday after getting back Saturday night, and they were all there on time. Um, so I felt good about my my group. It's uh, a good start. It's a good start. It's a good group. Uh, but, you know, I think the other thing a couple of guys said, like, um, they jumped around and ran on the court afterwards. And, um, you know, not that the place was packed, but I said, yeah, like, you know, it's a little bit, it's going to be a little bit, it's going to be a little bit different, you know. Um, and, uh, yeah, it was good. It was good to do it uh, for a lot for a lot of reasons. Yeah, obviously, do lose a handful of players. Terry Nolan, who played, made, made a major difference for you last year. And a great leader. And a great leader. Antonio Rizzuto and Jawan Gray, who I know you raved about, even even if that wasn't necessarily a stat stuffer, that was a guy that made a major difference for you guys this season. 
are there a few newcomers or, or a guy like a Radir Hicks who played a fair bit last year uh, when he was healthy that, that you think are, are going to be able to make a significant impact now? Yeah, well, they're going to have to, right? Mm -hmm. I, I think when, and you know, uh, I would have told you last year this time, Terry Nolan was the best player on our roster and, and maybe the best player in the league. He fought a lot of difficult respiratory issues, um, but was a tremendous leader. And I think Antonio and Juwan, even if deep down they didn't love their role, you never knew it. Mm -hmm. Like as a coach, they they accepted it for the good of the team. So now all of a sudden we're trying to add some guys. Like, uh, yeah, Hicks had a really good off season. Um, you know, we're kind of just getting him back. He'd had a concussion, was out for a couple of weeks. So he's he's got a. We're gonna count on him early to uh, help us. Um, so he needs to play a little bit better than he did this weekend. I think he will. Uh, Russell, early signs on Russell have been pretty good. Um, the Southeast Missouri State Yeah, transfer. Nigel Russell, really good size, good athlete, can make shots, and then we need him for his we need him for his defense um, and, and his rebounding. And then, you know, Sekou Siller is a guy that uh, is we, – we've got to figure out uh, – coach him a little better, where to play him, when to play him, how to play him, because he, he can – he can be pretty effective. Now, I say all this stuff. With, mm -hmm. We just had a loss the other day. We missed – him and Charles missed four big free throws in the last mm -hmm. five minutes, 0 for 4. Russell missed two layups that I think he's going to make 9 out of 10. And, and we, had a, we had a shot to win the game. So, you know, those are things that sting you, but hopefully you, you learn from it. So those guys right now would be, you know, uh, 5, 6, 7. Um, you know, we're, we're going to play another big kid at some point. We went with Chris Bieko the other day. Chase Parr has been battling some injuries. thought Chris did a good job. He's had a good offseason. And I, I do believe in our freshmen. I didn't play Ryan Conway a ton the other day, mostly because of um, in the second half we let some things slip. And I was more, in my mind, not against our new guys, more like to our older guys, oh, you want to be the top dog, then mm. go – Go figure it out, hmm. um, and, and and we didn't. So I I think um, I I do feel like uh, Ryan's got a chance. You know, for a guy that hasn't played in two years, um, there's certainly anxiety and nerves the first time you put on a uniform that his trajectory will go upwards. And there's still space. I hate this. You know, it, it's hard to play them all, but we like May and and we like um, Coleman's really changed his body and. Um, we got to figure out what we're doing with Williamson because we, we think he's he's up maybe our best one-on-one -on -one guy. So we we don't we don't have that figured out, guys. I think the challenging thing when you have high expectations, and we do, not that other teams don't, is we don't have a schedule where we're going to play any non-ones. We're not buying games, so you can't say like you know. You're going to get your minutes here. Well, I'd right. love to be Kevin Willard for a lot of reasons, right? But when he's going to he's going to have some. They're going to have some meetings and say, hey, let's make sure we get this guy. Like. Mm -hmm. We don't have any of those, and I'm okay with that because we have really good opportunities early on to get signature mm -hmm. wins or find out, you know, we better get this fixed before mm -hmm. the CAA rolls around. Oh, it, it is. It is a difficult schedule. UMass, obviously, in there. Crypto Greensboro, going to Penn. There is a lot of, you know, it's it's not it's not cupcake. Yeah, and, and the other thing there, too, is, you know, you go 25-9 and nine last year. It's a song as old as time. Who, who's signing up to play you guys this season? Yeah, it's tough to do, and I, I, I'm, you know, our, our last – no problem saying we had three games left to schedule late. Um, unfortunately, we've lost some local series. But everyone's got different needs for scheduling. So I'm, I'm, I've done here long. I'm past saying, why doesn't this team play? Everyone's got different needs. and But, you know, our last three games, we took a game at Northern Iowa, 
over exams in Chicago. That's no picnic. At Bryant, who's pick, you know, NCAA tournament mm-hmm. team. And a home-and-home home with UMass, who's got a Final Four coach. So, um, yeah, that's, that's yeah. what we felt. Yeah. Who's <laughs> a maniac we, making this schedule? Yeah. What we got to do? But, but, yeah. I, but, but I will say this, um, and I went to our older guys and said, hey, you want to try to – we don't have a lot of home games. You want to play a couple non-ones? Um, and they were like, absolutely not. We'd love to you know, play anyone. And we tried to get home games. So they said, we don't buy any. And, you know, we had a hard time getting anyone to, to come here. So I, I'm, I'm okay with that. At the end of the day, I think you – know, Pat studied us a lot over the years, too. We normally play really well come conference time. That's why over the last mm-hmm. decade we've got the yeah. best winning percentage in the CAA in conference games. But, you know, this is – yeah, it does feel different. We got some stuff early that, yeah, I hope we're playing our best early. I know that we better play our best. <laughs> we better play our best late. He is, of course, Pat Scary, a head coach at Towson. He's in studio with us on our college basketball preview, and, and I'll, I'll just dovetail off of that, right? Like – what do you do during the season? You guys were doing everything well. Like, everything was clicking. You you couldn't do anything wrong. It was, you know, unfortunately, a lot of us were already planning the celebration parties, right? Like, we were already getting ready together for the NCAA Tournament Watch Show. How do you use the season to be better prepared for the CAA Tournament? Well, yeah. I mean, we, you know... I'm not going to feel any different if we're fortunate enough to win another league championship. We're certainly going to embrace that and of celebrate course. that because it's not, should, it's not yes. easy to do. And yeah. we've been close a couple of times and we, we, we had none of them before that, you know. So, and then, yeah, I hope we play really good uh, down in D.C. I, I think as a coach, um, you know, there's a former NBA coach that's helped me out a couple of times this summer. And, you know, like he talked about, you know, I think the for you know, there's reasons why we didn't beat Delaware, right? They're good. You know, we just beat them a week earlier. A really good player for us gets hurt. I think the excuse is that I didn't have enough guys ready to go when their number was called on that night. So that's what you're like trying to demand. Like, how do we got some guys that we believe in? I think this is the healthiest our roster potentially has been from top to bottom since I've been here. But you can't get everyone in every night, and but their number could get called. How do you, how do you keep them ready? Right, that's where uh, I think coaching. Um, you know, we've got to do a good job with that. Uh, just because I don't know who's we found out. Bino was listening earlier. If you brought up Terry Nolan earlier. I just want to echo what you said. One of the best human beings that I've seen come through this area and i know i told you that a bunch of times but even after the season was over he asked if he could chip in and make a donation for the helping up mission for a thing we were doing charity wise like that's the type of human being terry nolan is and he will be missed but i know you've got other really good kids and we got to know a bunch of them during the season last year it's an it really an incredible group of young men you put together it's it's been fun you know i think like a couple of years ago and we've had other good teams um i just um, appreciate the type of guys we have um and I think a couple of years ago gave us a chance to maybe reassess some things and try to do it better. I can't say enough about Terry's over in Portugal. Yep. Um, I, I believe he can play for a while. I hope it, it's never easy being away. Um, it's it's easy for coaches and fans to tell everyone, oh, yeah, go to Europe. Right. <laughs> it's, another, it's another thing well, probably. Especially, especially as a, a young dad, too, yeah. right? Yeah, like, but hopefully yeah. he um, – but, you know, he's one of those guys, Glenn, um, when – there's certain guys you know they're going to be successful in whatever they That's they choose right. to pursue. Yeah, he's special in that way. And I know Ryan Conway's a local kid. You brought him up earlier, and some great kid. Yeah, he's going to be going to be a really good player because um, of how hard he works and the type of kid he is. He's a lot more competitive than I thought. I think like anything, 
there is an adjustment going from high school to college. I think there sometimes is even further adjustment if you haven't played a game in two years. So I, I think that that's uh, – I think he gets that based on the way he works every day. And, and I, believe, I believe he'll make a factor for us. We, we saw – Especially early last season, before the before he had to become a masked man, Cam Holden uh, really kind of involved in a, in a fair bit of ball handling for a guy his size, you know, almost a point forward type. Uh, how neat is it to have a player like that? And, and do you think that's something that we could see out of you guys, him handling the ball a fair bit for you? You'll see it a lot. Okay. Yep, a lot. Um, and we've got a package with him as our mm-hmm. point, and we're gonna because of I think we got to get Siller on the floor, and. Mm-hmm. We don't want to take Thompson off either, and we don't want to take Holden off. So I think because we can surround those guys with really good shooting uh, that we have to. I mean, Cam Cam is, you know, I'm not going to tell you he's quite Jarrell Benneman. Those are sacred words. Um, but he's incredibly um, versatile when it comes to that. Um, he enjoys passing, much like Jarrell did. Mm-hmm. That's his favorite thing about basketball. And... I would say him and Jarrell are by far the most intelligent guys I've ever had, like when they studied film and come in with some ideas. So he's uh, – I'm certainly glad he's back. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Is it – you know, it's been sort of a committee approach, right, scoring-wise. Like it's been – you and I talked a lot last season. Like any night it could be somebody's night, right? And your team did a great job of identifying, hey, it's their night. Like I don't need to go get my own. It, should we expect – that it's going to continue that way this season? Yeah, I, I believe so. I, I think what I – like I said, one thing I really like about these guys is they all came back knowing that it's not going to be one guy getting yeah. 30 and everyone else standing around. So that says they have a mutual respect for each other. I, I think for us, like – okay, it's like two things. Like right now you get four guys that you leaned on heavily. A two played well for us the other day. Two played nowhere near up to their standards. Okay. And we lost a 50-50 game. I. I would tell you today it's two things. One, if three out of four play really well, we're we're probably in good shape. But we also need – there's other guys that we have that we believe in. How do we get them quickly up, up to speed? Mm-hmm. And then the, I, mean, I know I keep asking you to play psychiatrist and you're a basketball coach. Is is there any burden that comes with – like you know what you guys are dealing with. It's the, There is a championship expectation. That's what – as you pointed out, that's why these guys came back, right? Like that's why these guys stuck around. Is there – do, do you do you have to worry? Do you have to talk about that at all and say, "Hey, we gotta, we can't let this get us carried away here or get lost in the idea of championship or bust"? That can end up daunt, being a daunting thing. Well, I think it, we can't. It, it, it certainly it, it it is. I mean, they they know it. I, I mean, you know, although I've I've we've just really tried to focus on how do we get better today. I'm I'm not ignorant. I mean, guys. There's a lot of stuff for them to read and social media, and I want them to enjoy that piece. They've worked incredibly hard to to do that for our program. I've also talked to them about like you know um, Nick Timberlake, like you know we haven't been to the tournament ever in the CAA. Well, you've been here four years, so you haven't been here forever. I think if you were here forever, you would have won a couple times. <laughs> you're, you're, you're only you're only responsible for for this year. I I, I think the hard thing is like as a coach. We just want to try to be consistent so that we have the opportunities in, in February and March. And then hope for, hope for a little good Yeah, <laughs> a little, little good, good luck, fortune. right? Yeah. yeah, for a change. It would be all right if it worked out that way. Uh, it does start at home next Monday night, 7 o'clock, against Albany before a road swing 
Uh, Coach, I have no doubt that we'll be talking a lot as the season goes on. It's really good to see you. Appreciate you once again coming in and hanging out, keeping the streak alive of being the coach that's been here every year. Uh, look forward to doing it more. Thank you so much for doing it. Yeah, appreciate this what morning. you guys do for basketball in the area. Um, and, yeah, that's, it's exciting to be back. There's no doubt. There's no doubt. Here's Coach Pat Scary from Towson. He's with us in studio. Uh, Dan Engelstad from Mount St. Mary's is going to join us next. Today's show is also brought to you by your local Toyota dealer and by a Toyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines. You can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. Patrick Stevens is here. It is our college basketball preview edition of Glenn Clark Radio. Have you been to Guilford Hall Brewery? Located in Baltimore's Station North neighborhood, Guilford Hall Brewery breaks the craft brew mold with their great handcrafted microbrews and amazing Bavarian-style food selections. Join Guilford Hall seven days a week for Orioles, Ravens, and all of your favorite college games. Make plans now to watch the big games, play trivia, or bring your dog for yappy hour. They even have free valet service on Friday and Saturday nights. Go to guilfordhall.com for a complete schedule of events, beer listings, and food and drink specials, we'll see you at Guilford Hall Brewery. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast, Royal Farms. What's up, everyone? This is Tyus Bowser, and I'm excited to tell you that I'm back with season two of the Tyus Bowser Show in partnership with Pressbox and Great Ace Memorabilia. Join us on Tuesday nights throughout the season as I'll be heading all over town with my special guests. And of course, our co-hosts, Glenn and Rita. Where's Rita and Glenn? What is it? I look forward to meeting you guys and talking a little bit about football and a lot about life. And if you happen to miss the show, you can now catch a replay Friday nights on 1057 The Fan. Get all of your details for the Tyus Bowser Show right now at PressBoxOnline.com slash Bowser. The next Tyus Bowser Show is Tuesday, November 1st at the Hamilton Sports Bar and Grill, 5506 Hartford Road. It's brought to you by Maryland Vascular Specialists and the all-new Ginsu Kamado Grill. Sports betting has come to Maryland, and we're ready to help you win some money. Tune in for Simply the Bets every Tuesday morning at 11.40. FanDuel Sportsbook GM Leon Twyman and VEASAN's Aaron Oster join the guys every week to give you all of the info you need and offer you a few winners. And every other Thursday at 11.40, tune in for Weekend at Bookies as Andrew Stecka and Alloy Sports Brad Cronthal help make you some money for the weekend. So come win some money with us on Simply the Bets every Tuesday and Weekend at Bookies every other Thursday. Brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. Listen at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio. Watch at YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline. Glory Days Grill's Oktoberfest menu is now running. It's one of their most popular seasonal menus all year. It features the chicken schnitzel, the Oktoberfest brewer's platter, the brewer's sausage sandwich, the Bavarian burger with a pretzel bun, the cheddar ale soup, the slam dunk pretzels, and the apple cobbler. All of these meals pair well with Oktoberfest beers and Angry Orchard on draft. Dine in or order online at glorydaysgrill.com and pick up your favorites to take home. Glory Days Grill, great food, good sports. Check out Jeremy Kahn's daily picks at PressBoxOnline.com as he tries to find you daily winners. And speaking of winners, here's a man who once won a media curling contest. And I don't think anything else. 
He's Glenn Clark. We continue along on the college basketball preview edition of Glenn Clark Radio. Patrick Stevens is here. And speaking of college basketball, a reminder, the new print issue of PressBox is available right now. Kevin Willard is on the cover. You can go pick it up for free at your neighborhood Royal Farms, any of the hundreds of locations around town where you find PressBox. Read it all at PressBoxOnline.com, not just the uh, sit-down-with-Kevin-Willard, but also um, stories on uh, men's and women's players from every D1 program in the area can be found in this print issue of PressBox, available right now at your neighborhood Royal Farms. Next up on the hot seat, we head out to Emmitsburg. We are joined by the head coach at Mount St. Mary's. He's Coach Dan Engelstad, and he's with us here on GCR. Coach, it's Glenn and Patrick Stevens. It's great to chat with you again. Thank you so much for taking a couple of minutes for us. Yeah, always good to talk with you guys, and all that means is that we're basically here. <laughs> it's got time. Games coming up. No doubt, it is time. Coach, obviously the big storyline uh, for you guys, the, the move to a new conference, and you know, you guys have been uh, one of the kings of, of the NEC for a few years here. What is it? it, it how, how, what does it take adjusting to a new league, a league that obviously has you know, been a really, really good league for the last few years? Yeah, there's a lot of work that's gone into it from an administrative standpoint, from you know coaching standpoint of just trying to get some familiarity and watching film and uh, but I do think that question will probably be better asked next year after we go through it for a season. Just, you know, it's uh, it's going to be new. You know, we're going to play on different days. We, you know, most games in our league now are Friday, Sunday. We got, you know, went from uh, Ken Palm, the 29th ranked league, to the 16th. So there is there is some transition. But, you know, this is uh, year five for us. And we return a lot of really talented pieces and veteran pieces and just trying to put it together and, you know, get get ready for for another season, and and like uh, you know, like the direction we're heading. Identity wise, how well do you think the way that you guys play is going to fit into into the MAC? I know, I think it's fair to say that you guys have been a defense first team here for a couple years now. Uh, I've got to think that that's what you're going to be trying to hang your hat on in your new home. Yeah, that won't that won't change, and I, I think there are a lot of teams that play similarly to that in the MAC. I think that's a, it's a very physical league. It's a, it's a big league from a guard standpoint, you know, your threes are usually really big and strong and athletic and, you know, the post will be a little bit bigger than what we've seen, but um, you know, it, it, nothing has changed though in terms of winning college basketball games. You need really good guard play. Um, and we think we, we have that, but we're, we're putting our identity on the defensive side of the floor and that will always be the case. And, you know, we're hopeful that, um, we're going to be a little bit more traditional this season. So we got some uh, perimeter play that all three of our guards can really make plays and reads and shoot and shoot it off, uh, you know, off and off, on and off the ball. So we're looking forward to hopefully putting up some more points, but still having, you know, defense be the forefront of our focus. Speaking of those guards, I mean, DeAndre Thomas, Jalen Benjamin, uh, both of those guys are back along with Josh Reeves. I mean, that's a really good place I would think to start. How good do you feel about the continuity that you have back there uh, and the potential for each of those guys to be able to take a step forward over what they did last season? Yeah, we need them to take steps forward. You know, for Jalen Benjamin, it was his third year of college basketball, but his first year for us. And um, he really improved as the year went on, just really understanding what we were looking for and what we were trying to attack out of our ball screen offense. Uh, DeAndre was playing uh, more on the ball last year, so we need him to score the basketball more. Uh, Josh is coming off injury, um, but looking forward to getting him back healthy. But Dakota, uh, Jalen Gibson, uh, you know, we added Xavier Lipscomb and mm-hmm. George Pinsley. We, th- we think we've, we've added some good depth and, and guys that 
you know, have played college basketball. It's just meshing this group together. Um, but we need those guys that you mentioned to, to, to all to all make some jumps here. Coach Dan Engelstad, Mount St. Mary's, is with us here on our college basketball preview show. Coach, you know, you referenced a couple of those guys. I'll throw Malik in in the front court as well. Just the, the amount of experience that you have and a veteran-laden roster as you make this jump into, again, as you point out, a, a more competitive or high-level league, how helpful is it to have that type of experience? Clearly, you know, you think of Jalen. He's played in a lot of big games over the years at, in, at UAB. How much does that assist you as you make the move to uh, a new league? Yeah, I mean, it assists us in every regard. You know, anytime sure. you can get older, you know, for, for us, we got some young bigs behind them, talented ones too, guys that we really think have bright futures. But Malik's an example. You know, he, he's somebody, you know, in, a, in an era of college basketball where everyone's leaving, you know, Malik stayed all five with us. Um, so for, first and foremost, that's huge for me just to have that familiarity, not just with college basketball, but with our program. Uh, he's been the rock. He's somebody that has shows up every single day, uh, low maintenance. He's already got a job as a, uh, a accountant. Um, you know, he's getting his master's right now. Uh, but he's just one of those everyday guys that just shows it with his action. Um, he's the school's all-time Division One rebounder. Um, so anytime you have somebody up the middle that you know is going to hold his own, and you know, doesn't matter what league. I mean, he's going to he's going to battle against these guys from West Virginia. You know, on Monday, um, Malik's played in a lot of basketball games, and to have a veteran. Um, you know, come back like him. We actually need him to do more. Um, and when he's healthy, we know that he can. I mean, we need him to produce more from an offensive standpoint. Uh, we need him to, to clear the glass, and uh, we need him to be in great shape so we can keep him on the floor. But, um, you know, having that everyday guy in Malik is, uh, has been huge for us over the years, and I'm sure glad that as we make this transition, you know, I, I have a guy that I know is going to show up every day. You mentioned uh, a little bit earlier the addition of George Tinsley, a guy that was the America East Rookie of the Year a few years back, uh, maybe didn't quite play quite as much over the last couple seasons, certainly not as much last season. How much of a, of a bonus is he for you guys to be able to add, and, and how do you see him kind of fitting into what you want to do? Yeah, George is a slide guy. You know, he can play the four, he can play the three, he can shoot the basketball. Um, the one thing that he does for us that's unique to what we haven't had is uh, he moves the basketball so well from, you know, that, from that four spot. The ball just moves. He gets off of it. He's able to pick and pop and stretch the floor a little bit, which opens up more driving lanes for our guards. Um, and he's a great decision maker. He can really make good decisions and passes. And um, he's one of those guys that has to wear uh, elbow guards because he's diving on the floor all the time and sure. comes up with those 50-50s. And, you know, for us, like, you know, I, we're, we're going to scrap, and, and George is a scrappy guy, man. So we're, we're thankful to have him with us. I'm uh, I'm staring out at uh, Calvert Hall College right now. I know you brought in Antonio Foxwell. We always have a, a greater interest in some of these local kids. Is he someone who's going to have an opportunity to crack through and get some minutes for you guys? So Antonio is a preferred walk-on for us. He's doing a really good okay. job. You know, right now his role is mostly just uh, helping with our scout and getting us better. Sure. Uh, but Antonio is a, a great addition, great young man, good student, and uh, you know, thankful to have him with us. You know I love scheduling questions, so when I see a, a, a road trip to Southern Cal, Cal Poly, and Pacific uh, all in a row, i, I got to ask exactly how that came about. I'm sure the, the USC game probably was kind of at the anchor of that, but, but how much are you looking forward to having that sort of trip there early in the season to, to, to kind of keep your team together uh, on the road for a little bit? It was actually flipped. The other two okay. were part of an, M were an MTE. Um, so we were approached by them, uh, you know, for us at the Mount, we do have to bring in some money uh, as part of the, 
um, the deal here, so I'm contractually obligated to bring in some money. So they that those two games uh, paid pretty decently, and then uh, we reached out to some schools in California and USC uh, had the date, and we kind of put it all together. And for us, you know, I I like it. I mean, it's we get to challenge ourselves against the USC, and then you know get to play some games against good opponents, that, but you know, games that we can go compete and hopefully um, you know compete and win. Mm-hmm. And for us. You know, we get a full week. We get to come together and bond. And, um, you know, I, I, I think the trip's going to be a real positive for us. Coach, you know, I, I, I saw that you had uh, Jamie and Christian back recently to uh, chat with you guys. And I was wondering if you could just share us about your relationship with Jamie. And, and I, I think I saw that he's doing a little bit of uh, our stuff these days. Yes. He's doing some, some media stuff these days. Um, but what that was like to have him as a resource, someone who clearly, you know, we know from you know, his life is all about Mount St. Mary's, right? And like what it meant to your kids to be able to reach out to a guy like that. Yeah, so Jay, Jay and I go back all the way to when I first started. You know, I was 22, and I think Jamie was probably 24. He was at Bucknell, and when I got the job, um, you know, he reached out and we we chatted for a while, and then you know we'd be on the road together recruiting. So we kind of came up through the ranks together. Um, in this, and we never had coached together, but we, uh, you know, always talked when I was at Southern Vermont, and he was here. We'd chat regularly on Mondays and talk about each other's teams and different things we were doing and philosophy. And uh, you know, when I took over, he obviously had a program to take care of himself, and um, so we never really had the chance to bring him back and talk to the guys and um, share some of his experiences. And he's a really great motivational speaker, and um, you know, he had some great messages for our team and. Our guys were eyes wide open, and, you know, he's cut down nets multiple times here as the head coach. And, uh, you know, we, we talk about the tradition here at the Mount, and Jamie had one of the best runs that uh, they've had at Division One. So it was uh, it was great to have him back, and I think he loved being in the gym. And now, you know, he is doing some media stuff, and uh, but he is uh, he's a terrific speaker, and it was it was good to get him back here. And um, I know our, our fans were excited to see him back uh, in Memorial Gymnasium. You you mentioned a handful of guys that were that were largely reserves last season that have come back. Is is there somebody on on the roster you feel like has taken a a, a bigger leap than 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 is, you would typically see year over year? Uh, somebody maybe ready for a breakout season. We we need some guys to step up and and, and make that leap. Uh, you know, guys that uh, have really worked hard and gotten a lot better. Or, you know, Dakota Lafue comes mm-hmm. to mind. Really talented, bigger guard can handle pass shoot. Um, with confidence and with more playing time, I think Dakota could um, be set to break out here. You know, we need our guys. You talked about Dre and uh, Jalen at the top, but you know, we, we form a pretty dang good backcourt if they make the jumps we need to. They need to make. So, uh, looking forward to seeing him play and uh, get better. And you know, we uh, uh, need some stability in our front court from guys. Francis had a really good uh, preseason as well in our front court, and like I said, JD and Dola both have a lot of talent. Um, so just kind of who steps up and um, kind of separates himself uh, throughout the year. I, I asked this question at the risk of finding out that somebody is also probably not going to be getting a ton of minutes, but um, I feel like going to the Maryland soccer roster is not typically the way that most basketball teams go about finding players. Can you tell me about how this came about with Justin, that he ended up being a part of your team? Yeah, and uh, so Coach uh, Mike Lonergan, you guys know the name yeah, well. Absolutely. His son is a uh, GA for, for me, uh, graduated from the Mount, sister's Mount alum. Um, you know, Coach Lonergan's watched our games, given notes in the past, but he reached out and talked to us about Justin and uh, remembered watching him during his DeMatha days and 
Um, so we brought Justin up and talked to him, and you know he had already graduated, graduated Maryland in three and a half years, low maintenance student, wanted to get his master's, and wanted to uh, scratch that itch of playing college basketball. And uh, to be expected, uh, there is always a learning curve when you haven't played sure. sport competitively for four years. But he's he is relentless in his work ethic, tough kid, can make shots and. Uh, don't be surprised if you see him out there competing here sooner than later. What a cool story that is. That's a really neat opportunity for someone to go get a chance to do that and offer something to you guys in the process. I, I love I love everything about that. Uh, also, yeah. uh, uh, and from this area, so that's a really cool thing too. Um, I, Coach, I saw on your Twitter a while back, I saw you talking about, yeah, I, I don't know, I'm, I'm, I keep harping on the move, but what it meant to the guys on your roster, the excitement that they had about making this jump in competition uh, how much have you felt that that like this has maybe energized the program in a way that these kids are saying, "Look, we we want this. This is the challenge we want." Yeah, they 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 were excited about it from day one. You know, we had our press conference, and you know, they they were all smiles and looking forward to um, you know putting ourselves in the you know in a position. I think I think that excitement was stemmed from you know the, their knowledge of the league and what they just accomplished, you know, St. Peter's did what they did. Everybody can relate to that. Right. Especially at the, the, the mid-major level, you know, having a, a chance to make a deep run. And, you know, I, I do think, you know, that, that Rick Patino being at Iona and just a lot of these guys know the players that are in this conference too. And, you know, we, we, we uh, you know, I, I still wish we had dominated the NEC over the last couple of years and thought we were kind of building towards that. Um, but for us, you know, this is just a, a great, um, competitive challenge, and you know we want to we want to prepare against the best to you know make a run. And when you're playing night in night out against really good opponents and teams, um, when you have those good years, you know you you set yourself up to to get off that 16 seed and you know get a 14, 13, and you know in some instances even a 12. So um, you know that's the ultimate goal is to go to the tournament and win games. And I think uh, our guys realize that this gives us a chance to do that. Um, you know if we're uh, playing the way we're capable. of. He is Coach Dan Engelstad from Mount St. Mary's. Season gets underway on the road next Monday night at West Virginia. They will be home for the first time on November 15th against McDaniel. Coach, best of luck this season. We will be in touch as it moves along. Thank you, as always, for taking time for us here on the preview show. Yeah, always good to be on, guys. Thanks for your uh, time, and uh, wish you guys the best this season. Hopefully see you in Emmitsburg. We'd love to have you. Thanks so much, Dan. Look forward to seeing you then. That's uh, Dan Engelstad, head coach at Mount St. Mary's, joining us here on GCR. All right, Patrick, last two teams we talked about, Towson and Mount St. Mary's. Time for you to give us your thumbnails on those programs. Well, I think Towson's, a, there's a lot of knowns with Towson. No question. Uh, you know, I, I think that w- when you when you size up a, a team that has all four of those guys back that played such huge roles for them last year, whether it's Charles Thompson, who the second half of league play in particular was just fabulous, Cam Holden, who can do a lot, Nick Timberlake, who... I think on his best nights is maybe the best player on that roster. Uh, and then Jason Gibson, who was just a really solid guy who who had those handful of games where you suddenly look up and, oh, he's hit six three-pointers tonight too, by the way. Yep. So, you know, to have that core group, and, and I think uh, something else, and I've talked to a couple of those guys about that, you know, and, and I, I feel very similarly to you about just what a good dude Pat Scary is, but – I think it's also fair to say he he's he's not for everybody as a player. No, you know he can be, he, yeah. he can be he 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 abrasive. He can, and, yeah, he right? he's very direct, you know. And so all those guys know what they're 
get it. You know, there's not a there that I think is really important there too. That he he is, you know, he has a group of guys that have gone back and forth with him and, and there's a very good, strong bond there. Uh, and so you look at that and then you look at, you know, adding in the Russell kid from Southeast Missouri State, uh, you know, I think is as, as kind of a stabilizing figure. Uh, I, I don't know if he'll be quite as good as Terry Nolan, but I think if he can play defense and 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 take care of the ball, that's going to be really valuable. Uh, the Silla kid from the D2 school in Florida, uh, he scored a ton of points. So the question there is, you know, can they find a way to extract as much as they can out of him scoring wise without disrupting everything else? You know, I think that's I think that's that's maybe the open question with that with that team. So I, I look at them and I I think that you know that that's going to be a team that is going to be fair or not going to be judged by what they do on three days in March. Yep, that's and, the way it goes, and that's just how it is. Uh, but they they have the goods to be able to win three day three games in March too. I, I think that's a completely fair statement, and obviously that's just what they have to go prove they're capable mm-hmm. of doing. Uh, Mount St. Mary's, yeah, Mount St. Mary's is it, it's it's an interesting group. You know, we talked a little bit about you know some of the continuity they have with guys like Jalen Benjamin, and it feels like Malik Jefferson has been playing there right for, for about five no for about eight years now. Uh, and, and and so you know, I I, I think Dan Engelstad had a really good group. I, I don't know how well they're going to handle that jump. To the Metro Atlantic, I, I think one of the good things is is it's not like you're you're going out of your footprint. You're playing most of the you're basically making most of the same kind of trips aside from the trip out to Buffalo that they're going to do over New Year's to play Canisius and Niagara. Uh, you're playing some better teams, I think. But beyond Iona, who's really good, and and you know Pati- yes. Patino draws the headlines, but there's a really good roster there. I don't know if there is a juggernaut waiting in that league. You know, Manhattan was picked second. And they fire their coach two weeks before the season starts, and the preseason player of the year enters the transfer portal. Huh. So, huh. you know, it, it's not as if it's not as if there's not other good teams. Like I think Ryder and Fairfield are both going to be quite good. And, and by the way, you know, even though St. Peter's lost a lot, you know, there's probably some residue from that from that run that they had last year. Uh, you know, Quinnip- Quinnipiac, Niagara, both of those teams, I think, uh, uh, you know, you probably can anticipate being right around the middle of the pack as well. So, but but if you're if you're Mount St. Mary's, uh, you know, th- this is a jump, and it might not be one of those things where, you know, after you've been used to being in the top half of a league, you know, it might it might take a year or two to to really make that adjustment. But I do think that they can make the adjustment. Okay. And I think that, you know, for them, uh, one of the benefits they have is, you know, they can draw on the Baltimore and D.C. area to get guys, whereas most of those other schools are all fighting over guys largely in, yeah, the, in, the, New New York. in the New York area. Yeah. Uh, but that having been said, you know, I, I, I think, too, the one thing that Mount St. Mary's has going for it that, that maybe gets narrowed a little bit in that league because you've got a Siena uh, and what have you in an Iona – is you still have people that really, really care and are really invested in your community, in your program. And, and that's one of the reasons why I think the Mount has a chance to make themselves probably not because Iona's there and right. Iona's done this over multiple head coaches. Uh, you're probably not going to be the team that everybody looks at and says, oh, well, they're automatically like the favorite every year. But. I think that they can play their way up into the top third of the league before long. I, I just don't know if it happens this season. I understand. That's, it's, uh, it's asking quite a bit for it to be a jump that you make this quickly. 
All right, the Tyus Bowser Show returns tomorrow night. We will be at the Hamilton Sports Bar and Grill with Tyus and his special guest. Hope you will come join us starting at 7 o'clock. The Tyus Bowser Show is a partnership of PressBox and Great Eights Memorabilia. It is brought to you by Maryland Vascular Specialists and the all-new Ginsu Kamado Grill. Again, tomorrow night, 7 o'clock. Come join us. You can find out more by going to PressBoxOnline.com slash Bowser for the Tyus Bowser Show. And if you happen to miss it, you'll be able to catch it Friday night on 105.7 The Fan. We continue along. It is our college basketball preview show. Patrick Stevens is in studio with us here on GCR. Next on the hot seat, let's head to Catonsville, catch up with the head coach of the Retrievers. He is head coach Jim Ferry from UMBC, and he's with us now here on GCR. Coach, it's Glenn and Patrick. It's great to chat with you again. Thank you so much for taking a couple of minutes for us. Well, thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Coach, I, I want to go back. I want to revisit, right? And like From the time that you arrived here at UMBC, you're now, you know, clearly your feet are quite wet at this point. You've been doing this. <laughs> you've, you've been around for a year. What have you most learned, or what did you most learn about the job, about the area, during the course of your first so- season at UMBC? Yeah, well, first of all, I love the area. It's awesome. I'm, uh, I live right in the city, right in Fells Point, so I've, you know, I'm all in on the crabs and everything, so it's a great place. Really is. Well, that's, then, then, then we're good. We can. I mean, we can accept you. I guess is the way that that works. That's, that, it. that's, that's all. That, it. That's, you passed the in. test. <laughs> no, it's awesome, and 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 the school. You know, our our environment here. It's just such a special place. UMBC. I I, uh, I felt it during the process of of you know looking at the job and meeting people. Now that I've been here for a whole year, it's just a special community that we have here. Everybody really cares about the students at this university. We've got great success coming out of here. Um, get great fan support. So it's it's been it's been nothing but but great. Uh, I really enjoyed the the time so far, and and you know we had some success last year uh, with some ups and downs with all the craziness with COVID and stuff like that. And now we have this whole new team, so it's uh it's exciting. I feel like it's a um, I'm starting year one all over again, but it's it's been. It's been great. I love it. My staff loves it, and uh, we're looking forward to year number two. Jim, Patrick Stevens here. You basically took the words right out of my ma- mouth right there. I was going to say, does it feel like a year one 2.0 for you right there? And, and I, I guess it kind of does. You know, how, how do you kind of go about things in that kind of situation? And do you feel like you know there's enough still in place uh, with a handful of holdovers that, that you have a culture pretty much set up right now that you've been able to acclimate everybody into? Yeah, well, you know, fortunately enough, I've been doing this long enough. I'm one of the old heads now, I guess. So uh, I have a general idea of what I want to do, what our program wants to be known for, what, how we're going to do things. Uh, you know, last year we we had some kids that were, you know, basically left over. I know a bunch of guys went with Ryan um, to Utah State, and then, you know, we had a bunch of guys that were kind of role players on the teams that had some success, and those guys stepped up, and, you know, we had a really good year. We, we finished in second. We got all the way to the championship game. And that was with a you know a twenty day shutdown with COVID in the middle of the season where we couldn't touch a ball. So that was kind of tough because you know trying to implement you know a different system, a different offense, everything we do is different. Um, to not have that time, it kind of held us back. But then credit to those kids, man. Once we came back after that COVID stop, I think we got things going. We really came together and played well. Um, you know the makeup of college basketball right now is different. You know with the transfer portal and guys not having to sit out. And I think. You know, the guys at our level, most teams are kind of starting new almost every year. So we have eight new guys. Uh, fortunately enough, we, we've got 
you know, guys that we really like. We got some older guys blending in with some younger guys and then a couple of guys left over that kind of help us establish, um, you know, what we're going to be and who we are. I really, really like this team. We have a real mature group of guys. Um, we got a, several guys. So we brought in four guys that are uh, grad transfers that mature, already have their masters uh, and all coming from winning programs, which I think is really, really important. Um, so they've done a great job. The returners have done a fantastic job of letting everybody know that this is how we do things that we established last year. We have some young, real talented freshmen and just a great group of guys that have really blended together uh, quicker than I would assume they would have uh, throughout the summer and the fall and within practice every day. So it's a great group. Love being around them every day. Uh, I know a lot of coaches say that now because no one's lost the game, but uh, I'll be honest with you, just really, really like this group of guys. Whatever happens, wins and losses, this is just a great team, a great group of guys that, uh, you know, really sharing their beliefs and, and, and working together to be successful. So it's exciting. Let's delve into a couple of those uh, couple of those additions, those veteran additions. Colton Lawrence, the D2 transfer from Bentley, who scored a ton of points in his career. Uh, and then Craig Bogdan mm-hmm. from, from Cleveland State, uh, who had some yeah. had some success on a really good team out there in the Horizon League? What what sort of impact do you do you envision those two guys having this season? A lot. I mean, you know, they're they're, they're just winners. Mm-hmm. You know, they're just winners. Obviously, you know, you saw with Colton. So Colton, big time scorer at Bentley, Division two school. Now he played for a guy that I worked for years ago. <laughs> so we kind of have that same background. So uh, in our two scrimmages. Uh, thus far, Colton's been our leading scorer. I think he had 20 in the first one and 23 in the second one. Um, you know, he's won a lot of games, scored a lot of points, been to the Elite Eight, um, been in the championship program. He's uh, got great poise, leadership. He's um, done a fantastic job for us. He's really versatile, can score in a multitude of ways. He's uh, got a great body. He's really athletic. Um, so he's, he's made a major impact since he's been here. And same with Craig. I mean, Craig, you know, he was the point guard on that NCAA tournament team at Cleveland State. Um, led him the whole year, and unfortunately last year he had a major ankle injury, so he basically missed the whole year. And then with his coach leaving, he was looking for something different, and we're fortunate he ended up here because he's been he's been fantastic for us. You know, when you can have a point guard uh, that's got experience and leadership and can really control a basketball game, which he has done in, in both our scrimmages, it's great. And then especially because we have a really talented uh, young freshman in Mason Docks that can play the point too. So for those two to work together and him to help, you know, teach Mason a little bit and those guys, we can play them together at times. It's been, it's, it's been really great. He is Coach Jim Ferry from UMBC. He's with us here on GCR. I, Coach, I'm imagining it's actually going to dovetail kind of into my next question, which was where's the scoring coming from, right? Like you lose your top four scorers from a year ago. Do you, do you know yet? Do you have an idea of who is going to shoulder the load for you? Or is it something that even you still need to learn in the coming weeks as the season gets underway? Well, I think we're going to be pretty balanced, you know, as we were last year. I mean, we had Keandre, who was obviously our leading scorer. But, you know, for those of you guys that have followed my, my career or know a little bit about my career, my teams usually do okay scoring the basketball. We play with great pace. We share the ball. I mean, I, I think we scored 82 points in the first scrimmage and 88 in the second Okay. Um, against two good programs. Um, so I, I think it's going to be more balanced. You know, we play with great pace. We spread the floor. Uh, I think we've recruited guys with versatility. They can all pass, dribble, and shoot. Uh, and we're doing a good job. Though Jason, Jacob Bunyasef has been fantastic for us this year. 
Um, you know, what you guys see his body's changed. He's really physical. Um, he's putting major pressure. I think last year he kind of took like a, a step back as like the third or fourth wheel um, on the team. And right now I think he's being more aggressive offensively because he's a really skilled player. So, you know, I think we can score inside. We can score outside. Yao Openg Mensa has really, really improved. I think he, he went for like 20 and 11 the other day. Wow. Um, playing him on a perimeter, you're going to see a big difference in his game too. So I really like the group. I think our pieces fit well together. Um, you know, ultimately it's going to come down to defending and rebounding at a high level. But I think we should be able to score the ball this year, especially as we continue to, you know, have shared experiences with each other. That's the biggest issue right now is being with a bunch of new guys. There's not a ton of shared experiences. So every day is something, you know, new and, and as we grow. So I think, you know, by the time we get to league play, I think you're really going to start to see us come together. On the interior, how have things kind of looked so far? I mean, I know you mentioned Yaw, probably a guy that would play the four or the five for you this season, but how mm-hmm. how overall has that group kind of worked itself out? And I, I kind of think about a guy like a Trey Edwards that I'm, I'm sure is a little bit of a wild card just because of how little he's been able to play because of injury over the course of his career. Yeah, yeah, and Trey's still bouncing back from that injury. Uh, he's working really hard. You know, we brought in two guys, two grad transfers, Trayvon Fagan from Buffalo, Another guy that's got you know championship experience, played a lot of minutes at Buffalo, went to the NCAA tournament, and Jarvis Doles, local mm-hmm. Baltimore guy, yeah. coming home, you know, as a double you know double digit scorer in our league for the past couple of years. So, you know, you look at Jarvis and Trayvon and Yao as a, a combination of guys at the forward position, <laughs> some pretty good players, give us some depth, and they're all a little different from each other. So, I think it's, it makes us a little bit more unique. Um, you know, AG is, is fighting back from his injury. We're trying to get him healthy as another front court body. Um, and then, we're, you know, we've, we've slid Devin Sapp, the junior college transfer, can place him at the four for us as well. So we're, we're kind of, you know, attacking it almost as like a three-headed monster right now, and they're doing a really good job with it. So I think uh, they played out this weekend against a very good team, a very big team. So using our quickness and our athleticism. What's the biggest difference, Coach? I've been asking this to everybody this morning. What's the biggest difference if you guys are going to be able to compete? And what we know is a loaded league, and obviously Vermont goes nowhere. And you know, you guys have yeah. seen that, right? And Bryant comes right. In. Bryant, one hundred percent, right? Um, what is the yeah, biggest really difference? Yeah. What's the biggest difference for your team in being able to compete for a title in this brutal league that you're in? If if blank goes right for you, you'll be able to do that this season. Uh, if we stay healthy. I think that's a big key for us is us staying healthy, um, you know, because these guys, uh, like I said, we got some older guys, we got some mileage on them. Um, but I think as we keep growing together, I think we're going to have a shot. You know, we're, we're significantly bigger um, and significantly more physical than we were last year, uh, which I think is going to help us in this league, uh, especially trying to compete with a team like Vermont uh, and obviously the talent that Bryant always has. Um, and then Lowell's really good too. Lowell really challenged mm-hmm. us last year, and, and they got a lot of guys back. But I, I think when you see our bodies, our bodies are different. We're significantly thicker, more physical, which I felt was something that, you know, held us back last year and being able to compete. You know, we got to that championship game, but to really compete to win it. You know, Darnell was obviously a special player, but one of the smallest players in the history of Division One basketball. DeAndre was a skinnier forward guard, and, and LJ wasn't that big. I think we're bigger, thicker. Uh, and we're more physical the way we play right now. So if we can stay healthy, I think we'll we'll, we'll be right there in this league uh, competing for a championship. 
I know at this time last year you were talking a little bit about your scheduling philosophy and non-conference play, and I feel like we probably mm-hmm. got a good sense of, of, of what that aim is. I, I see a couple of Ivies in Princeton and Columbia, some Patriot League teams in Lafayette and Lehigh, plus, plus Loyola as well as a local rival. Uh, do, do you feel like that's sort of what you're aiming to, 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 to be playing here on a regular basis here moving forward? Yeah, you know, listen, in this league it's all about that last game, right? It's about getting – to the championship game and winning a championship game, get to the NCAA tournament. Um, so everything we do is going to try to prepare us for our league play. Um, so we have, again, a really hard schedule. I tried to get some more. Uh, I've always, you know, being a New York guy, we used to play all the New York schools, St. John's of the world, the Manhattans and all those guys. So I like having that local flavor. So I tried to um, get some of the local teams back in the mix. We're playing Loyola, we're playing Morgan, we're playing Coppin, we're playing at Maryland, playing at Georgetown. So I think that's great for the community. Uh, but then we have a tough schedule. You know, we got Princeton was Ivy League, number one Ivy League last year. We have to go to UNC Greensboro again. We're opening up at Tulane. Um, it's going to challenge us. I mean, we have a really, really challenging schedule, um, you know, which I think will help us get better. Whether you win or lose those games, it's going to teach us something about ourselves to get us ready for the America East Conference, and I think that's the most important thing. He is Coach Jim Ferry. The season gets underway on Monday night when they travel to Tulane, and then a nice little homestand after that, four straight at home, for you to get the opportunity to come out to the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Arena and check out the Retrievers starting November 10th when they host Penn State York, and as Patrick alluded to, Princeton in there, Lafayette, Central Connecticut State, so a great chance for you to get out and see the Retrievers. Coach, we will be in touch. We will be out to see you uh, the, during the course of the season. Appreciate taking the time for us. Best of luck this year, all right? Thanks, guys. Appreciate you. That's Jim Ferry from UMBC joining us here on our college basketball preview show. Uh, a reminder that uh, you know, uh, sports betting is coming to the state of Maryland, and I mean like on your phone, you're going to be able to do it mobily here in just a few weeks. It won't be long now before that will be an option for you. And PressBox is providing you some opportunities for you to get the best offers and sign-up incentives. Starting now, you can get a $100 pre-registration credit from our friends at FanDuel by going to PressBoxOnline.com slash offers. The $100 credit is in addition to the new user promo that you'll get when they go live. Just go to PressBoxOnline.com slash offers now to get your $100 FanDuel pre-registration bonus credit. That's PressBoxOnline.com slash offers. Some quick thoughts on UMBC. Very new team. Yep. I mean, I mean, I, I think that that I, I would hope a coach is excited at this time of year. You know, like as as he alluded to, you know, no, no losses on the ledger or anything like that. But it is a it is a largely new group. I mean, Jacob Bunyasith is back, obviously. Uh, that that's one name that that definitely stands out. As does. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm sorry, I'm blanking at the moment. Um, uh, Obeng Mensa. Yeah, you know, right. both both of those guys uh, obviously were were pretty important to them last season. Uh, you know, the the neighborhood gets harder with yep. Br- with Bryant coming in. Uh, no doubt about that. Uh, but you know, I, I kind of look at them as as a team that, that should at, at this point. You know, when we think about UMBC, this isn't this isn't the UMBC of a decade ago where you're like, oh my gosh, you know, are they going to avoid losing twenty games? This is this is a UMBC that when we look at what they've done in the league since Brian Odom showed up in 2017, nine and seven, twelve and four, eleven and five, eight and eight, ten and four, eleven and seven. There's an established level there. And, you know, it's funny, um, 
that you know you when you look up and down the roster, it's almost as if they they've constructed like an all star team from the mid mid American conference. There's Buffalo hmm. and there's Akron, yeah. and, you know, like there's there's a bunch of that, and and that's probably the level of player that. If those guys were, you know, maybe six or seven point a game guys in the MAC, they're probably going to be a little bit better in the America East. So I think, you know, the interesting thing there is it looks like they have options, you know, and they're old. You know, they, the downside, I think, to all those grad transfers is, is we'll be sitting here at this time next year and it'll be an, right, entirely, it'll, it'll be yeah. an entirely new team again. Uh, but I do think that the schedule is largely manageable for them, too. You know, and so when I, you know, not that it solves everything, but, you know, they, they're they not going to go just get pounded game after game after game. That You, know, you could make a case. You could make a case that Tulane game is going to be the toughest game that they play all season. Wow. Wow. Now, really the toughest game they play all season will probably be at Vermont. Vermont, yeah, sure. But, right. you know, they, they play Maryland, they play Georgetown, they play Tulane. And those are the only three teams that they're going out and basically playing bye games against. So, you know, to be at that level and you're playing 13 non-conference games and you're only playing three of those and two of them are bus trips the day of, that's a pretty good situation to find yourself in, I think. All right. All right. Uh, As we mentioned, it gets underway Monday night on the road. When we come back in, next up on the hot seat will be Navy coach Ed DeCellis. We're going to give Patrick an opportunity to talk. We haven't talked at all about Maryland. We normally exclude Maryland from the college basketball preview show just to shine light on the local schools, but Patrick will be joining us every week this season, and so we'll get his thoughts on Maryland as well. And maybe we'll be uh, catching up with Juan Dixon from Coppin State. I just have to be honest, there was a a schedule issue there, but we're hoping that might uh, play out before the show ends as well. So that's all still to come on our annual college basketball preview show. Patrick Stevens is here. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Come experience Maryland's number one sportsbook this NFL season at the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel, the ultimate place for any sports enthusiast. Take advantage of our 24-7 kiosks, massive video screens, and watch all the action from the best seat in the house. With more money paid out than anyone around, make every moment more at the new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit mdgamblinghelp.org. The Baltimore County Police Department is hiring. Entry-level officers start at close to $59,000 a year with a $10,000 bonus. Some restrictions apply. Plus a great retirement plan, medical, dental, and vision insurance, advancement to specialized units, tuition reimbursement, 15 sick days earned per calendar year, and even further incentives for military members and veterans. If you have a passion for service and want a career for life, visit JoinBaltimoreCountyPD.com or call 410-887-5542. You must be a United States citizen, possess a valid driver's license, and have a high school diploma or GED equivalent. The Baltimore County Police Department is an equal opportunity employer. Make the most out of every day in your Toyota RAV4. Available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. The latest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, New Maryland basketball coach Kevin Willard sits down with Stan Charles and Glenn Clark to discuss the situation he inherited in College Park and how he plans to get the program turned around. Also, inside, we introduce you to men's and women's college basketball players from all of the teams in the area. And Bo Smoka profiles Ravens receiver Devin DuVernay. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. 
Experience the best in Kamado Grilling, a complete outdoor cooking appliance. The Ginsu Kamado Grill allows anyone to sear, grill, bake, and smoke all types of food. Designed for efficiency and function, the Ginsu Kamado Grill upholds the enduring legacy of the iconic Ginsu brand. The Ginsu Kamado Grill is perfect to cook all year round, is great for parties, and ideal for tailgating with your friends. Reserve your Ginsu Kamado Grill today at ginsugrills.com and get $100 off on your pre-order when you use the promo code tailgate that's ginsugrills.com reserve yours today join glenn at halftime of every ravens game for the project game day halftime show at facebook.com slash sports we apologize in advance there's not much we can do about his face if you have not been to Guilford Hall Brewery yet, you need to check this place out. It is a gem. 1611 Guilford Avenue in Station North. You're going to be blown away. You're going to say, this is here? Holy smokes. Um, so many different uh, layers to Guilford Hall Brewery. There's the upstairs area where you can host events, and they're regularly doing events. They do uh, yappy hours. They host trivia during the course of the week. Um, the downstairs area, they have an outdoor area as well. Bavarian-inspired menu, which is outstanding. Of course, all of the craft beers, which are all excellent, including the Guilford Hall Lager, which I highly recommend. Again, Guilford Hall Brewery, 1611 Guilford Avenue in Station North. GuilfordHall.com is the website for you to find out more. Patrick Stevens is here in studio with us for the College Basketball Preview Show, which we do every year. We're going to chat about Navy here in just a second with Coach Ed DeCellis. Um, who have you seen so far? Not a lot. Yeah, the, it's the, yeah they're mean, doing more of the secret scrimmages. Mo- it's, than the- mo- it's mostly scrimmages at this point. Um, the only the only team, uh, only exhibition game I've been to was uh, George Washington yesterday. Wow. They wow. played Western Connecticut State. So. Ah. You throw out all the records when those two teams get together. Well, it's it's funny because the new coach at George Washington, Chris Caputo, former Miami and George Mason assistant, actually grew up down the street from the current Western Connecticut How State that? coach. How so so he, he felt it was an appropriate way for him to, to kind of start his career off by, by having that. So NGW won, played very well. Ricky Lindo probably didn't have his greatest game as we update some, sure. some, yeah, some, some somewhat, somewhat familiar names. Um but uh, he's going to, I think, have a pretty good season for them. James Bishop, a Baltimore kid, yeah. uh, is, is yeah. certainly going to have uh, the opportunity uh, to score a lot for them this year and, and a name to keep an eye on because he was a guy that, that I didn't realize was even out at Kansas State last year. He redshirted. He was hurt. Maximus Edwards is from Long Island. Uh, is a guy that's going to play a lot for, for the Colonials this year. So that's a guy as a redshirt freshman uh, who I think could contend for Rookie of the Year honors in the A-10. All right, next up on the hot seat, we continue previewing, previewing the area teams. Joining us now, he is the head coach at Navy. It's good to welcome back Coach Ed DeCellis, who is with us on GCR. Coach, it's Glenn and Patrick Stevens. It's great to chat with you as always, sir. Thank you so much for taking a couple of minutes for us. Well, thanks for having me on this morning. I greatly appreciate it. Look forward to chatting with you. Well, it's good to chat with you as well. Coach, obviously you guys, you know, have been right in the thick of things for the last few years. Um, let me let me start with just the the success that you've been able to have as a program at Navy. How have you been able to sustain it so well? <laughs> we'll see that come here in the next few months, Glenn, how well we sustain it. But, um, you know, I, I think we've really uh, – I think we've done a, a good job. If I give my my staff some 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 credit here, that we've developed some some depth, 
you know, I told them years ago, it, this is a, uh, you know, winning is hard. Winning at the academies, I think, is hard. And just because these young men and women have so much uh, on their plates, you know, for instance, this week we've, we've got 12-week exams. That doesn't sound like much. Well, it is a big deal here um, because they're, they're, they're cumulative exams for the first, ter- first 12 weeks. It's not just like we're having another test. Uh, just for instance. So um, we've been able to, we have been able to build some depth because everybody can't play well every night. And we've been sort of the um, Noah's Ark two by two kind of theory. Give me two at every position. So if somebody's not playing well, they don't have it that night, we can put somebody else in. And we have, uh, we've built our depth and we, um, you know, we've been pretty solid in that in that fashion. So that's really been the key for us. Um, you, you know, I think we've got good players. I think we've got uh, mul- multiple good players. I think we're I think we're pretty deep at each position. I think we're still deep at each position. We're just developing our our second wave of guys right now. As we had four seniors who graduated, so now we're yeah. we're starting to develop the other group of guys who can come in and play. And I call them the second wave um, because we, there's not much difference in who starts and who finishes the game for us. We're, we're pretty much, you know, alike. So I think that's been the key for us is, is building depth. That kind of segs right into what I wanted to ask about the recent experience about replacing all league caliber guards. Uh, you did that just fine last year and, and now John Carter jr is gone. And so I guess the question it's fair to ask is who who do you feel like kind of emerges as a as a leading scorer type as a as a lead guard type for you this season? Yeah, fair question. I don't not sure. Today I had the answer. Um we've had a we've had a number of guys play pretty well um you know at certain times throughout the fall um, camp. Um and some guys that you've heard of and some guys maybe you haven't heard of. So at the point guard spot Pat, we um, we have uh, Austin Inge is back from mm-hmm. his toe injury. He had surgery in the off season. He's back, has some really good days for us, and then he'll bang up his toe, and then the next day we'll have to take off. Um, Austin Benini's a freshman. He played really well in a scrimmage we had against Fairleigh Dickinson University two weeks ago, and then PJ Roach, a senior who who got spot time or so a year or so ago, then he had knee surgery in the off season. So we have three guys, the point guard spot who've all played well um, at some point in time through the fall so far at the off guard spot where John Carter was, you know, local product, Chris Jones has played mm-hmm. better, more solid, trying to be more consistent. And then Mac McDonald was a freshman last year who didn't play much because of Carter has played well and has made shots, has done a, a nice job and has elevated his game, along with a guy who didn't play at all last year either, Cam Summer, mm-hmm. Greg Summer's brother. And he can really shoot the ball. He's athletic. He's long. He's a little different. And then Lyle Reinstrom, who didn't play much last year, has made some baskets for us. He's a catch-and-shoot guy, stronger guard. So we've had some – and then Sean Yoder, I throw back in mm-hmm. here. I move him around. So – We've got some guys, and I think it's going to be game by game who's kind of got it going. Um, and who, as I mentioned to him the other day, we you know, consistency. You, you got to be consistent in practice. You got to be 
consistent in the game. We got to know what we're going to get out of you when we put you in the game. You just mentioned Sean Yoder, and I wanted to ask a bit about your senior class in general with, with him and Daniel Deaver and Tyler Nelson and Patrick Dorsey. You know, one of the things I yep. think that you guys, you know, one of the assets of being at the academy is that you can kind of keep that, that continuity going a little bit sure. there year over year. And, you know, you mentioned losing four seniors, and, and here's four, uh, at least four seniors right there that, that probably right. are going to have a pretty big impact. How, how do you kind of assess, you know, th- how that class is, is, is working together and working with, with your roster at this point, and, and just how valuable are those? guys yeah Patrick they are I, I think that's the you know when I started off um, the conversation was we were able to build depth we mm-hmm. haven't had guys leave uh, we haven't had guys depart from the program which has allowed us to uh, experience this this depth in a senior class uh, we have a large senior class because they've all stayed together they've all competed they've all gone through the academy they've done good things for us and now it's their time it's their team uh, again, we had the same thing last year. We had Richard Njoku, John Carter, Christian Silva, Greg Summers. We had four seniors. That that class really stayed intact. And this class is even larger, and they've they've stayed intact. They haven't left. You know, we sometimes you get sometimes a sophomore, and you don't know if you really want to do this or not. And academy gets harder for you, and so they decide to do something else in their careers, which, you know, everybody has to make their own decisions. But these guys in the senior class have stuck with it, have fought through the adversity, and I think that speaks volumes of them. So I think that's part of our depth and maturity. I think it's very hard to win here. My experience is very hard to win with young guys because they have so much going on in the hall as well. When you have juniors and seniors, you have a better chance of winning. And I don't care if that's at Navy or, or whoever, wherever you're at. Older guys trying to get old and stay old is really important. And so we've been able to, uh, you know, stay old, older, and not have to play younger guys. Like four or five years ago, guys like a Mac. McDonald, who didn't play last year, or Cam Summers, who didn't play, they had to play a bunch because mm-hmm. we weren't very healthy. And now and we didn't build depth. And so they were kind of thrown into the fire where now, you know, they can take some time, they can develop, they can mature, and then we can play them when they're ready to play rather than just throwing them in there to the fire. Yes, Coach Ed DeChalice from Navy. He's with us here on our college basketball preview show. Coach, the way you describe it, it sounds like, you know, from the outside, somebody might say, well, hey, you lost a lot. But the way that you're describing it sounds like, right, but the, the system that we built, the program that we built, it feels like you have a comfortability that those next group of guys are ready to step in and keep that continuity going for Navy basketball. Yes, I do. I, I am comfortable with our team. I'm comfortable with our roster. Um we have yeah, we have different guys, and so now the now the key is to try to make them consistent. Try to put certain guys together who play what who who plays well together. Like uh, you can have good players, but sometimes they don't play well with each other. And so now, as a coach and as a staff, we're trying to fool with um, uh, you know combinations throughout practice. Who plays well together? What guys? you know, mix with each other, what guys have centered you on the court, both offensively and most importantly, defensively. And, and that's the next step as we're trying to, uh, trying to get to. 
And I know the Veterans Classic has been a, a project that you've invested a lot in here over the last decade or so. Uh, and this year, sure. obvi- this year obviously, a, another great doubleheader. you got Houston, a top-five team coming in. Uh, St. Joe's bringing back a former coach at Navy. Uh, and Princeton, obviously, a, a name that everybody knows about. Just uh, what, what are kind of your thoughts on this year's event and, and, and just what, uh, what should people know about uh, that, that doubleheader coming up next Friday? Yeah, well, thank you. I, you know, the Veterans Classic is, uh, I think we're in our eighth year now, and uh, it's a tool, it's a game to honor our veterans, and uh, that, that's most important, and then their service and their commitment to our country, and so we do we do some things on Thursday with the teams that are here. They do a military day. They, they experience a, a day in the life of midshipmen, and we have a dinner for them on, Friday, on Thursday night. Uh, we, we try to bring in as many wounded warriors as we can to have dinner with them so they can hear the stories of our, of our, uh, veterans. Uh, and I think that's important. Uh, the, the game itself, I, Houston will be, a you know, a, a, a ranked second, third in the country, whatever poll you look at. So they're a very formidable opponent for St. Joe's, um, a local team in Philadelphia who we think, uh, you know, we'll improve in the Atlantic 10 and, and Billy Lang wanted to come back and, and you know, coach again in, in, uh, in Annapolis at Alumni Hall. So we got a game that's uh, very attractive. Uh, NBA scouts are all over several of the guys from Houston. So we'll have a big contingent of, I know so far we've got over 20 guys, 20 leagues or 20 NBA teams represented. And then uh, Princeton and us is uh you know, Princeton's really picked high in the um, Ivy League standings, so they're expected to have a good year. We know all about uh, their 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 program, great academics and winning tradition. So I think it's a you know I think it's a really good field, and and we're excited to, to host the, the three other teams, and uh, we hope our community you know hope the community comes out and supports the event and see future NBA guys. And we've had several several of those kind of guys come through here in the last several years that, you know, you've watched and now they're playing in the league. So uh, it'll be a talented field. And uh, happens to fall on Veterans Day this year, which is kind of neat the way yes, that, that works does. out for the yes, Veterans Classic. Um, Coach, you just referenced, you know, young players don't typically play quite as much at the academy and you got, you know, the roster size is so crazy. But um, in addition to Christian Jones, who you referenced, a couple of local kids that are on your roster. And that's not always the case, of course, at a place like Navy. But I just wondered if you could tell us a little bit about two of your youngsters, Mitch Fisher, who I know played a a little bit last season, and then uh, a newcomer this year from Mount St. Joe, Jalen White. Yeah, so... Yeah, Mitch is uh, Mitch is improved. He's in the mix, and um, he uh, you know he gets better. We're 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 trying to move him around to positions. Um, he's uh, he's played the the you know the four spot force or power forward, however you want to call it. Uh, he's also played the five spot force, which is kind of down low. But we bring our five away from the basket, and his his. Um, you know, skill set is that he can shoot the ball, he can drive the ball. We're trying to get him to match up against some slower guys where he can take guys off the dribble or some guys that aren't used to guarding on the perimeter. So when he's at the five spot where Daniel Deaver plays, we're going to get him to the perimeter and the elbows and the top of the key area where he can pass and shoot the ball from three and then drive the ball, drive larger posts. And um, 
so we're trying to move him around offensively. And uh, and Jalen White's a young guy who we have high hopes for. He's an athletic guy. He, he does good things. He came from our prep school program, and he's still, you know, like a lot of our guys, or he's still trying to figure everything out. But he's got uh, great upside, and uh, hopefully we'll, he'll continue to work and get better, and and uh, and we'll see him in action sometime soon. Uh, Coach, I've been giving this to everybody today. Uh, the biggest difference for Navy in being able to compete in the Patriot League this season, if blank goes well this year, you guys will be right in the mix. What is that blank? <laughs> injuries. I've heard that uh, from a couple of people, by the way. You're not injuries. the first. Yeah, it's, uh, you, know, it's, uh, you know, there's only so much tread on the tire. And we have always tried to um, limit uh, you know, I, I try to really watch practice time. I, I truly, really watch how long we're out there uh, because I want us to be fresh in January and February. You know, I think a lot of teams are one injury away from oof, not not being so good. Now we are fortunate where we were over we were able to overcome injuries last year. Greg Summers was out for a while. Richard Njoku was out for a while. Um, Austin Inge was out for a while, a point guard. So we been we were able to overcome some injuries, but you know it's it's uh, this makes things a lot harder. So we can keep our keep our guys healthy, and our our athletic trainer Josh and my strength coach Brandon Spade, and um, you know the things we have here to try to prevent injuries. I think that's really important. Uh, so we try to limit what we do on the court. Like we do a lot of stuff now instead of banging all the time. We we do a lot of dummy stuff where there's no defense or we're running man-to-man offense or we're running, um, you know, uh, stuff where we're not, we're not smashing each other. And so I've, we've changed over the years to, to try to eliminate contact. Now, we still want to get after it. When you have those days we get after it, we get after it. But uh, I think we're all, we're all trying to make sure that, you know, we we take care of our players as best we can and eliminate and try to limit the amount of banging they they have on each other daily on a daily basis. I get that. I completely understand that. And hope uh, plus, can. if they get some coaching, Glenn, if they yeah. get some coaching, <laughs> I think we got a chance. That doesn't hurt. That doesn't hurt. All right. Uh, as uh, Coach mentioned, obviously the Veterans Classic is a very big deal coming up on the eleventh. That'll be your first opportunity to see the midshipmen this season. They take on Princeton and that big Houston-St. Joe's game ahead of it. They open up on the road on Monday night at William & Mary. Coach Ed DeCellis, always appreciate taking the time for us. We will be in touch. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. Thanks, fellas. Have a great day. Take care, Ed. Thanks so much. Ed DeCellis from Navy with us here on the College Basketball Preview. Patrick Stevens, your thumbnail on the midshipmen. I'm not sure if people appreciate just how good – Navy has been the last couple of years. So extraordinarily consistent. So 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 here's a thought. Navy has gone twenty four and seven in the Patriot League over the last two years. That is those twenty four victories are tied for the second most in any two year span for Navy in mm. conference victories. Mm. The only time they had more was when they had twenty six in nineteen eighty six. David Robinson. Yeah, some guy named David yes, yeah. David Robinson yeah. was roaming around Annapolis at that point. Now, in fairness, uh, you know they're playing 14 league games for the most sure. part for a lot of their history between the CA and the Patriot League, and they now play 18. So you know I'm not sitting here suggesting that they're as good as those David Robinson teams, but there is a degree of consistency that they've had 
that I think it now earns them the benefit of the doubt when you're sitting there wondering, okay, well, how are they going to replace X and Y and Z? Well, you know what? They've replaced, you know, uh, M and N and O and P in the past too, and they figured it out. So I, I kind of look at them as, you know, they will they will play defense and they will rebound. You know, Ed will talk about how he he doesn't want turnovers. That may or may not happen. That right. that that that's that, that's maybe the biggest variable of the of the three. But they will defend and they will rebound. And by the time conference play rolls around, they will be a very very difficult out. I I don't know if they'll be the best team in the Patriot League, uh, but I certainly would anticipate that they're going to be a top four team and, and be a very uh, unpleasant team for folks to have to play, at least not when they're not stuck with one of their scheduling issues where, you know, they get stuck uh, playing a, playing a game right after their, you know, midterm exams sure, or something like the sure, stuff that right. he was talking about earlier. Because, you know, that academy, you know, academic calendar yeah. stuff, it is real. Uh, and, like, you can just about guess, like, well, that's probably going to be a day that things aren't quite as good and they're going to have to slog their way through. But for the most I part... we saw that against Towson last yes, year, Yes, right? yeah. it was. they got that right after finals and they just had nothing in them at all. Yeah. Uh, and there's usually one of those games in February where it's they're in their six-week exams and it's, it's just... You hope that they can... If you're them, you're just hoping to get through it because the week is just miserable. So, in any case... You know, I would expect Navy to be one of the top teams in the Patriot League this year. And, you know, it'll be that senior class that largely drives the bus. I think Tyler Nelson, a player that when he was on last year was a really intriguing piece. And so I think that's a guy to keep an eye on. And a healthy Patrick Dorsey, I think, too, has a chance to really help them. All right, let's talk a little bit about Maryland because you and I, you'll be joining us again this season every Tuesday morning and Maryland get things underway as well. They open up next Monday night at home against Niagara. Um Clearly, the story is, of course, the coaching change, but I find their roster to be really interesting, right? There's players that you can see in moments how good they're capable of being. Will they be that good consistently? And I think Dante Scott sort of stands out among that group, but um, I, I don't know. There's a lot of really interesting pieces to me on this Maryland roster, even if I'm not sure that they're ready to be particularly competitive yet this season. Yeah, I, I think that when you look at Maryland, you feel like there's a starting five there that's going to be pretty good. Uh, not necessarily top 25 good or anything, but w- when you look at Jameer Young and, and Don Carey and, and Julian Reese and Hakeem Hart and Dante Scott, that's not a bad place to start. Sure. And, and then you have to start figuring out, well, who can you, who can you get to, can you get to eight? Can, can you get to eight with that? And, and Ian Martinez from all accounts, is, is, is having a pretty okay. good preseason and had a pretty good offseason. Uh, the, the, the concussion last year, I, I kind of sensed that that had slowed him down a bit, and that was the general sense that I've gotten from folks down at Maryland. Patrick Emelian, the tr- St. Francis, New York transfer. St. Francis, Brooklyn had played at Western Michigan. I think that is a solid piece that they will be able to, okay. to count on, not necessarily for much more than – a dozen minutes or so at this level, yeah, but 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 right but, now, but just right. a, a guy that you can count on, right? And so, who else do you got? And, and there's all sorts of guys that could be that answer. You just don't is Noah Bachelor ready 
to have an impact. How much, you know, as much as Kevin Willard loves Jahari Long uh, and a guy that, that he's very invested in, brought with him, yes. is 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 he going to be able to help that much? Do we do we see a holdover like a Pablo Zuva? You know, may emerge. Remember, you know, how many times did Mark Turgeon say just in the month between media day, month and a half between media day, uh, and and when he departed in the middle of the season? You know, well, this was the youngest guy in Division One basketball right. two seasons ago. So you know, the mis- the international man of mystery, like Cornish. I mean, what what do you expect out of a guy that, that didn't even play last Not year? Not at all. You right. know, so so you don't know. There's enough of that stuff that you you just don't quite know. And so th- there's some size limitations. I think that are that are going to get exposed by certain teams. Michigan, Indiana, uh, are ones that come to mind, uh, among others. But those are the two that immediately spring to mind. Uh, so this is not like a, a team that's suddenly going to be a Big Ten title contender. But I I think that between Willard's history and this is very similar to Turgeon, there's a there's a high floor to his teams typically. You know, there he he's not going to have a team in all likelihood that's going to go lose 20 games in a season. So I expect this to be... Uh, but you were, you were alluding to what I was about to ask, which is what are the reasonable expectations, I, right? I, like I, what, what's fair? What's fair? I, I, think, I think a winning record is fair. Okay. I think that's perfectly fair. I think, if you could, I think if you can put yourself in a position to make the NIT this year, that's a successful season. Okay. Right. I, I, I would consider that a successful season this year. Um, you know, this is very much a, you know, like I, like I just said earlier, like that, that starting five is pretty good. They right. can win some games. And you know what? The starting five last year was decent enough to sure, win some they games. Won some games yeah. I think, I think this, uh, this is a team that probably isn't as top line as talented, but I think there's a... I think the pieces fit together a little bit better. You certainly, you certainly don't have a five man this year that is limited to just simply patrolling the post and doesn't right. play, doesn't play defense or anything. And you, in from a point guard perspective, uh, I, I think you're probably staring at a situation where you, where the, the you know the aim there is not as much. Well, let's just cr- try to create something because no disrespect to Fats Russell, but that was his game. Was right. essentially you know drive into the paint and, and hope for the best. Um, because his speed was basically his greatest asset. I, I think they're going to be a little bit better off in that sense, too. So I think a little more cohesion. And I think, too, you know, start of an era, everybody's trying to make a good impression, all that sort of stuff. Uh, and you got a few guys like like a Don Carey and, and, and like a Dante Scott where this is their last run, basically. Yep. Yep. So, you know, the big question, I think, overall with the roster is, you know, can Julian Reese stay healthy and stay out of foul trouble? Because that's, I think, their most valuable player. I, I, I think there's a lot to be said for that. All right, last up today, uh, final coach on the hot seat, uh, someone that we've known for a long time, and he brings back a lot of talent, brought in some talent as well in the transfer portal to Coppin State. He is, of course, and as I stare out, I'm literally staring over Calvert Hall right now. Of course, one of the greats in Calvert Hall history he is Coach Juan Dixon, and he's with us now here on GCR. Coach, it's Glenn and Patrick Stevens. It's always great to catch up with you. Thank you for taking a couple of minutes for us this morning. Likewise, fellas, it's good talking to you. Uh, Coach, how much is your life better when you've got, like, a Nenda Tark on your side when you get ready for the start of a basketball season? <laughs> life is great, man. I tell you what, uh, Nenda Tark uh, makes our job a lot easier for the staff. He's experienced, but yet still young, you know, when it comes to, you know, him only being, like, a red shirt 
sophomore, I believe. Yeah. So, like, Nanda is well-experienced. Um, he's an extremely smart basketball player. He's a, another coach on the floor. And, you know, all we've been trying to do with Nanda over the years is continue to develop his, his game. Uh, but from day one, he's always been a very smart basketball player. I feel like this is Patrick Stevens one. Uh, I feel like one or uh, that Glenn asked me at one point in the spring, like who's the most impactful transfer of anybody in the area, and, and without blinking, I said Sam Sessoms at Coppin State, a uh, guy that scored seventeen hundred points in his career between Binghamton, <laughs> Binghamton and Penn State. That's not something exactly you, you just you, you you glaze over like that stands out. Uh, and I know from talking to you over the summer, you feel like the impact off the floor has been significant too. Just how much of a difference maker do you think he can be? Uh, for the Eagles this season? Patrick, I, I thank the basketball gods every day for, for Sam, <laughs> I swear. I mean, you're talking about Nenda making our job easier. What I've been searching for in the point guard since we've been at Coppin State is exactly what Sam brings to our team when it comes to leadership and commanding the ball club, just his presence. You know, I love DeWan Clayton. I had DeWan Clayton for four years, been yeah. truly blessed. To coach DeWan, but when you get someone of Sam's caliber, not just his physical tools on the court, it's more of the mental aspect that he brings to our team. Just a level of toughness and grit and leadership that I truly believe is going to allow us to get over the hump this year. Now, we got to stay healthy. Uh, we added more pieces than just Sam. But Sam's impact on our team is, is huge. And I look forward to watching us, um, you know, this season have a lot of success. Coach, is there, is there a follow-up to that? Is there an impact that goes beyond just what Sam can bring to the basketball floor? For, for a program like Coppin State to land an accomplished, not, not someone who wasn't getting on the floor, but an accomplished player from the Big Ten, does, does that raise, yeah. you know, like does, do, do eyes open a little bit and do people around the country say, Hey, what's what's going on at Coppin State? What what do we need to know about there? I mean, I, I, I would hope so uh, because Sam had he had options. Sam could have went anywhere in the country, but when it came to Sam making a decision, it was the staff that he built the best relationship with. It was the head coach that he felt like understood who he was as a young man and where he where he comes from and where he's trying to go. You know, I've been in Sam's shoes, um, and just Sam's leadership, just he is a grown man. I mean, when you listen to him speak, the huddles after practice, and a leader is someone that can look at themselves and say, guys, I need to do better, not just looking for others to do what they're supposed to do, but he holds himself at a high standard. And that's just something that we – we yearned as a staff, something that we needed. And, and I truly believe because of Sam's leadership, because of Ninja's growth and his leadership, that we're going to be in positions to do something really special, not just in our competitive conference, but in a non-conference. And we look forward wow. to open up our season next week in Charlotte. And, and hopefully, you know, we can play well, we can perform. There's no doubt Sam and Ninja's going to have a lot of success. But like I tell our guys every day, you know, we got to continue to build the great habits. We got to be extremely disciplined. And people want winners. People want to be associated with winners. So we have to do our part 
all the little things every day, all the little daily disciplines, that's eventually, hopefully, eventually, it can, it can be a, a byproduct, a winning will be a byproduct of that. So I look forward to it. Well, well, Nenda and Sam are probably the headliners of this team. I, I look and see a lot of guys that were in that 10 to 20 minute a, a game range last year between Mike Hood, Justin Steers, Daniel Titus, Alex Rojas, Isaiah Gross, Greg Spurlock, a lot of guys uh, that have the chance to come back and maybe take a step forward. Is, is what you're hoping for just a little bit more out of each of those guys? And is one or two of them maybe stood out quite a bit uh, as having taken maybe more than just a little step uh, over the course of this offseason? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no doubt, guys. Um, our, our returners have gotten better. I literally can say Dan, Daniel Titus went home to Australia, came back the middle of May, and worked out with us five days a week every day for the entire summer. And you saw the growth of Daniel Titus. When it comes to Greg Spurlock, he's gotten so much better, you know, just commanding the team defensively, taking the next step. Isaiah Gross and Alex Rojas. Rojas have been guys that we look at to have a huge impact on our team this year. Just Isaiah toughness, you know, his experience, you know, didn't get a lot of opportunities over the years. But I can tell you what, the Isaiah growth that I've witnessed so far this preseason is going to give himself a great opportunity to play and earn a lot of minutes and have a huge impact on our team this year. When you have Sam Sessions, after a scrimmage, saying, guys, I want to be more like Isaiah, Isaiah Gross when it comes to my approach every day. Mm. That lets you know that we have every piece to this puzzle. And, and that's just the type of young man Sam is. But the type of man Isaiah, young man Isaiah is, is someone is going to bring it day in and day out, whether he's playing 30 minutes or whether he's playing zero minutes. And those are the type of guys – that you have success with. And Alex Rojas has made huge strides. He's familiar with what we do defensively, which, you know, he was confused early on last year, began to come to his, uh, come to his own towards the end of the season. Now he's in a position where he's just out there playing basketball, not hesitating offensively, and playing off his instincts defensively. So, you know, when you talk about returners, and you talk about Cameron Blue, you talk about, you talk about, Justin Winston, you still have Justin Steers, Big Luca. We have a chance to do something really, really special. And our guys know that. Sam came to Coppin State to win the championship. He wanted to play with Ninja Tart, and here we are. And as a staff, guys, we got to continue to put these young men in positions to be successful. Chat. It's our job to help these young men leave a legacy. Chatting with Juan Dixon, of course, head coach at Coppin State. He's with us on our college basketball preview show. Uh, Coach, you mentioned the schedule, and yes, it starts with Charlotte, and there's a lot of intriguing games, but as you know, the one that jumps off the page, of course, uh, comes up in November, and that's you guys making the trip to Maryland, and that's not just because of your own history, but I think everybody knows the history between Coppin State and Maryland, and, and who won the last time Coppin State traveled to play Maryland. Um, can you tell me about how it came about, you guys going back to Maryland, and, and what it is going to mean to you uh, to be back there, and and coaching a team at the University of Maryland. Yeah, man, I can tell you what, Coach Willard has done an unbelievable job uh, reaching out to alumni, building, building relationships with the alumni, he and his staff, and, 
And when he got the job, you know, they presented the opportunity for us to come back to College Park. Uh, I'm not going to lie to you guys. I've, I've dreamt, I had dreams walking up and down those sidelines. Mm-hmm. I get an opportunity to do that. And I can tell you what, um, our guys, they know it's a big game. I'll, I'll lie to you if I didn't say I wanted to go in College Park and win that game. <laughs> that is a huge game for our program. And, and you know, I feel as though, you know, you have a point guard like Sam Session that plays in College Park for two straight years, has success there. He's familiar. So we have a leader that understands the approach he needs to take for us to be comfortable in that building. That's not going to be easy. They have a very good ball club. I'm sure Coach is going to have those guys ready to play uh, the start of the season. Uh, but November 25th is something that is circling on my calendar. I will lie. I'll be lying if I say I didn't. <laughs> so I'm excited about that opportunity. I look forward to going back home. I really appreciate the honesty, yeah. by the way, because it would be easy for a lot of coaches to be like, oh, no, I'm only worried about Charlotte. I'm not thinking about I truly appreciate the honesty when you talk about that, Coach. I mean, that's real. I mean, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I, mean, <laughs> I, I envision, you know, myself, you know, being on the sideline. Yep. Mm-hmm. I have that opportunity. So, you know, we're going to play a high-level brand of basketball. Uh, my guys are going to be ready to compete and run through brick walls. Um, but, you know, like you said before, I'm not looking past any opponent. But come the day after Thanksgiving, you yeah. know, our team will be prepared to play a high-level basketball game. It's that simple. Ske- schedule-wise, I-, I know last year you guys had a couple back-to-backs. I mean, there, there were some brutal elements. Uh, and obviously some of that is just a matter of, of having to, to, to go play for money, basically. Uh, this year, even though... Even though I'm not gonna, I'm not going to suggest this is an easy schedule. At least it's a lot of local games. It's not a lot of it's not a lot of long trips or anything like that. How much better off do you think your team is going to be? Just simply not getting as worn out in in November and December by by what's still a challenging schedule. But you know, at least there's some bus trips in there and day of trips and what have you. Yeah, it's definitely challenging. It's a challenging schedule, but like you said. Um it's going to allow us, I think, to stay healthy, um, knock on wood. Mm-hmm. But in the years past, we've traveled, whether it's West Coast, whether it's back-to-back, four games in five nights. Like, yeah, we start the season off on the back-to-back. But like you said, we have a lot of local games. We are very fortunate and we're grateful for the opportunity to play pretty much every school here in the DMV. Uh, so our guys are excited. We don't have to travel all over the country a lot of money budget-wise, um, and we're just going to, you know, prepare as well as possible uh, to have success in these non-conference games. Uh, but our guys are excited about the schedule, and, uh, and as a staff, um, you know, we couldn't be more excited, you know, with the, 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 the less travel that we have to do uh, during non-conference season. And most importantly, um, you know, just come conference time, we've We've competed against some high-level opponents, and hopefully it can prepare us to have success in our conference. That's what's most important. Uh, Coach, I'll give you that because I've been asking everybody this morning the same question. You know, you're putting it out there. You're talking about, you know, you're, you guys are there to compete for a championship. It's why Sam came. It's, it's what the expectation is. And, and you've been, you know, flirting with that. You've been very competitive in the MEAC the last few years. What's the biggest difference for this program? What has to happen for you guys to be able to take that jump 
and go win a, a league, you know, going up against a you know a behemoth like Norfolk State, right? Like, what is the biggest difference for yeah, this we, program? Yeah, yeah, man. Coach, coach, it took yeah, it took coach a while Norfolk State to win the championships. The Mehack is extremely competitive, guys. I can tell you what, you know, going into my sixth year here at Coppin State, um, it's one of the most competitive conferences in the country. It's it, it, it's it's a tough conference. The coaches prepare really well and we've made strides at the conference when it comes to moving up in the rankings so um you know it's going into our sixth year you know we've been there the last couple years like you said we had some very good teams uh we've dealt with some injuries over the years last year missing you know our point guard missed the majority of the regular season jesse zarzuela so we was able to get him healthy going into conference play and we made a run came up a little tired so going into this offseason, we knew that we had to get deeper as a team to prepare to win the MEAC tournament. So, um, like I said before, I'm confident that we will play well, but we have to stay healthy and we have to become continue to become a close-knit basketball team in order to accomplish what we want. It all gets underway Monday night when they travel to Charlotte to open up the season, and then the first home game one week from Friday, they welcome Mount St. Mary's to the uh, physical education complex, and you can go see him. Coach Juan Dixon, always appreciate taking the time for us. Best of luck this season. I have no doubt that we'll be seeing you catching up with you as it goes on. Thank you for doing this this morning. Thank you so much, fellas. I appreciate it. Coach Juan Dixon from Coppin State checking in with us here on GCR. Patrick? Final thumbnail for the day. Your thoughts on Coppin State? Um, it's going to be the Nenta Tark and Sam Sessom show. And if those guys create a formidable backcourt, then they're going to probably well exceed the fifth place projection in the MEAC. Hmm. If, they, if there is injuries or if you're in a situation where maybe the guys don't play as well off of each other, they're going to struggle. It, it, it's very much based on those two yeah, guys. To go and as far as those two can I, take. I, I think I think that's the case. I think that you know I, I mentioned a number like about a half dozen of those guys that are returning this year from last year that were playing in that ten to twenty minute a, range, a game range. You know, it would help if one or two of those guys could become a ten point a game guy or something like that. But this team is set up for for Sessoms and and, and Tark to be to be the primary drivers. And you know if there's a if there's a late game shot like I mean sometimes you're sitting there well who's he going to draw the playoff for well it you you've got a fifty fifty chance of sure. getting it right with this team like sure. it's going to be those two guys that, that handle things you know I mentioned earlier Sessoms has scored seventeen hundred points in his career he's got he you know that that is a proven commodity you look at a Tark who and, was, and by the way it's important to point out double digits at Penn State double like, digit double digits at Penn State. You know, Tark was a 13 and a half and 6.8 rebounds a game guy last year with 94 steals and, you know, an 87 assists in 32 games. I mean, that's a stat stuffer right there. You know, I think one thing that in a perfect world for, for Coppin, the, the one thing they really, really, really need to do better, uh, they were a 29.7% three-point shooting team mm. last year. They need to shoot the ball better from the outside. Uh, this year, especially since they were giving up 35.2%. That's going to cause some problems. Not, yeah, that math is not so, math. So, you know, the the big question I have about Coppin is, and, and it, this is not something that gets answered, you know, through non-conference play, which even though it's not as brutal, it's still it's still challenging, and there's still a lot of games Yeah, you point out the there. back-to-back. There is a back-to-back to start the there season. There is a back-to-back right. to start the season. You know, they will they will play 
They play two games by election day, and I'm not sure anybody else in the country does that. So yeah, there are no tournaments early in the season. There's none of none of that sort of stuff, and most teams are off on election day too. It's basically they they sort of massage the rule a little bit, you know. So they they open up down at Georgetown, or Georgetown opens up that evening at like eight thirty or whatever. But I, I think that when you look at what Coppin did last year, you know there was just such inconsistency over the course of the year. You know, they, they went and they, they had a great comeback against Howard, and they turn around and lose at home to Maryland Eastern Shore the next game. You know, they beat Howard again, and they lose to Eastern Shore again. Uh, you know, they, they beat Central in, in the conference tournament, you know, after having dropped a couple tight games to them in, in early February. So, <coughs> excuse me, um, don't, don't know if they can be consistent enough, but... You know, I think they certainly need to be able to shoot the ball better, particularly from the outside. Uh, it won't matter at all, wins or losses, but I, I did appreciate the story that he told about Kevin Willard, and, mm-hmm. and, you know, there could be some awkwardness there, right, clearly. Yeah. <laughs> the unspoken part of what we're talking about when Juan says, you know, I envision myself like being on know, the sideline, he's envisioning himself being on the other side, correct, line. right? Like there's an unspoken part of that. So it would be easy for Kevin Willard to say like, hey, that's, that's a little awkward. The guy wanted the job and he's a legend around here. I'm not really sure that I want to you know, be doing mm-hmm. something like that for him to, you know, be comfortable enough in his own skin to say, well, let's reach out to him. Let's, I, I still. And, and risk a two-game losing streak to Coppin State as a program. I, that's the, you know, it's the, I wonder if somebody said, hey, you know, there is a reason why Gary they, stopped scheduling Coppin State, right? Like, I wonder if somebody in the program said something about that. But I, I, I tip my cap to Kevin Willard for stepping in and saying, hey, look, we're not going to, all this other stuff, we don't care about it. I want to try to have everybody on board and supportive of Maryland, and if that can help out Juan Dixon, we're going to do something to try to help out Juan Dixon because, you know, he's pretty freaking important mm-hmm. around these parts. So, I don't know, respect for Kevin Willard for uh, doing something like that. To your point, he probably won't feel quite as good about it should it go south uh, come Black Friday. Probably will be sitting there saying, why did I agree to this? Why did I make that decision? Um, quick reminder. Online sports betting will be starting in Maryland in the next few weeks. PressBox will be your source for the best offers and sign-up incentives. Starting now, you can get a $100 pre-registration credit from our friends at FanDuel by going to PressBoxOnline.com offers. The $100 credit is in addition to the new user promo that you will get when they go live. Just go to PressBoxOnline.com offers right now to get your $100 FanDuel pre-registration bonus credit. That's PressBoxOnline.com offers. Uh, we'll get a tidbit in tubular. Anything in particular that stands out for you that maybe we didn't get no, to today? No, not really. I think we covered pretty much all the bases. It here. feels like we could not have covered much much more, so I appreciate all your hard work. Let's get a tidbit. Uh, tidbit is brought to you today by the all-new Ginsu Kamado Grill. Use the code TAILGATE when you go to ginsugrills.com, and you will save $100 when you order your Ginsu Kamado Grill, the perfect ceramic home grill or tailgate for grilling, baking, searing, smoking, all kinds of food. Again, ginsugrills.com. Use that code TAILGATE, and you will save $100. All right, so college basketball tidbit for the college basketball preview show. Um, uh, it is one that has to do primarily with March uh, because that is the only thing that matters. You play for four months, but if you don't get it done in March, not too uh, not, you don't get That's it, you fair, don't yes. Uh, so I wanted to talk about the teams with the most Final Four appearances in NCAA history. Uh, so uh, there are 16 teams that have made six plus Final Fours, 
nine teams to make eight plus Final Fours. I would like you to name all 16, but I realize right. that's Patrick's a Patrick's going to name all 16. I assure six, you of that. 16 teams do, do, that, have do, made, that have made six plus Final Fours is, you, hang is on, our number. Hang on. Can, I, can I go until I get it wrong, and then you finish it up for me? <laughs> Okay. All right. Okay. Like Hem and Hall for here. Here for like. Okay. Give, All right. You want You want a second? You want to try it? for number one first? Well, Who's number one? Uh, UCLA. Uh, they are not number one. Okay. They're on the list. Well, they're definitely on the list. Yes. yes. They are number two. So then, it, oh, I mean, it's it, it's one of four options, right? Yeah. It was either going to be UCLA, Kansas. Kansas is fifth. Okay. On the list. Kentucky. Kentucky is fourth. North Carolina. North Carolina is number one, yeah. 21 Final Four appearances. Right. I, I wasn't I was really guessing that in any order. Those are just the four schools that I had separated in my mind. So You're so still missing one from the top five. Okay, so you went – hold on, just to yeah, be sure. I got, I'm, writing them, I'm writing them down. Okay, UCLA, here. Kansas, Kentucky, Kentucky and North Carolina. Carolina were the four that I guessed first. Um, at this point, I assume that Duke has moved in. Yes, Duke has 17 as well, alongside Kentucky, tied for third. Um, I'm still going to say that Indiana is in this. Indiana is in it. They have eight – I will still say that Louisville is in this conversation. Louisville, also eight. I will say that UConn has moved on to this list. UConn is not in oh! this list. They only have five. I know, but I thought that was actually enough. I thought that was enough to get them there. All right, well, I said I was going to. I got one wrong, so I got one wrong. All right. Patrick, so you, you take over. So you got seven of them at this yeah. point? All right. Well, Michigan State should be on this yeah. list. Michigan State is on the list with yeah. ten. Okay. Um, I would say that Michigan is on this list, too. Michigan is on the list. They have six. Okay. Six Final Four appearances. Um, so I was off by one with UConn. Yes, you were. You were off okay. So we are now at how many teams? Nine. We, we got nine, nine of the We 16. are at nine yes. teams. We're looking for six Final Fours. Um, gosh, there's there's a team I'm thinking of that has either five or six. Um and I'm trying to remember how many extra Final Fours they coaxed out of that. I'm going to say, is Florida at five or six? Florida is at five. Is ah, it five? All right, then I, get, I get to tag back in, right? Okay. That's how this <laughs> works. I get to tie back, tag back in. Syracuse. That would have been the next Syracuse team. does have six. They are okay. in the top 16. All right. Uh, Villanova. Mm-hmm. Villanova also six. They are in the top 16. Hmm. <sighs> Mm, I'm not confident in any of my like they're all Ohio State. Yeah. Ohio State is a great guess. They are the highest remaining team that you had yet to name. Uh, they have ten alongside Mich- Michigan State and Ohio State, both with ten Final Four. Players. Wisconsin. Wisconsin is not on the list. They, are, ah. they have four, so they're on the outside. Right, back to Patrick. So what? How many are we? We up are to? missing four. We've we got twelve of them so four far. Four of them, huh? Yeah. Okay. Um. All have six. All have six. All the all of the remaining teams have six. Yeah. Final oh, four appearances. oh, oh. Okay. Um. Uh, let's see. Here's one that that would would have to dig in a little bit into the pat. Well, how about how about Cincinnati? Cincinnati is a great guess. They're on the list. Good job. Bearcats have not six. the one I was thinking of. That's a good um, one. So so that was certainly one that that I had in mind there. Let's toss out a, another team that that. Hasn't had a ton of late, but had a bunch early. Oklahoma State. That is an excellent guess. They're on the list with well six done. appearances. Well Oklahoma done. State. Uh, so we need two more. Mm-hmm. We need two more teams that have made six Final Fours apiece. Uh, I don't think they did it. I'm, I'm sitting here trying to like cycle through like teams that made X number of Final Fours here and there. 
Uh, you said Ohio. I'm, I'm pretty confident it's not Nebraska. It's Proctor. Not <laughs> I'm pretty confident that's <laughs> it's not Nebraska. It, it yeah. is. It is not not, not Nebraska. Answer. Not yeah. Nebra- Not Nebraska. A popular selection here. Um, let's see. Six Final Fours for somebody still floating around in this conversation. Um, I feel like we're probably talking about two teams that would have done that that would have done most of their damage long ago. I've got uh, a, I've got a modern one. That so I feel they're they're both have done it recently. Okay, yeah. interesting. Recently, yeah. Interesting. Um, how like about very recently? Very recently. Hey, 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 hey. Well, that opens the door for Houston. To it does. Be. Houston has six. Sorry, Glenn. I, yeah. I know you wanted to get one wrong. So you I really it. wanted to tag back in because <laughs> I thought I was going to be able to get both of them. I feel like I might know what the last one is, too. The uh, the last one, perhaps Oklahoma? Not Oklahoma. Not they Oklahoma. have five. They have five. They have five, yeah. Arizona? Arizona has four. Ah, oh, yeah. All right, all right. Yeah, I had thought about way Arizona too, a little bit way too. Way too confident. Way but, too confident. But a, another team that has done it recently, mm-hmm. huh? Interesting. Mm. Mm. Oh my, this is. I don't know how recent recent is though. Like recent? It, well, I'm yeah. assuming recent is within the last twenty years. Yeah, that's definitely. I would think that would definitely qualify as recent. Yeah. So. Oh, I've got a guess. Let's see. Who else could we toss out there? As a, a six-time Final Four team, who am I missing here? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You, know, you know, I think Georgetown has five. Georgetown has the one in the '40s, the three in the '80s, and one in 2007. So. You know what? I was wrong. They did not do it recently. I thought they had, but yeah, it's, it's actually been oh. more than 20 years. So yeah, okay, so wow. my apologies. So my it's apologies. not Oregon then. It is not, not Oregon. Oregon. Yeah. Oh let's, my God. Let's, let's toss Utah out as a team. Utah, no, no. not U- all right. Well, they have four. They have four, but mm-hmm. but not not six. <sighs> Has not been recent. No. Seton Hall, not Seton Hall. Kansas State, not Kansas State. But they've got. No, they have man. four. They have four. Man, this is getting this is getting so hairy. Now we're, now we're talking about a team that's probably done it sometime like in the eighties or nineties, basically. Mm-hmm. Wake Forest. And they've only got the one. Oh, is that really their only they, one? I did, only, I did not know that. They've only got one. Okay. Um, Somebody that went to the Final Four. How about Arkansas? Yep. Ooh, Arkansas. Good it one. is the Razorback. Good so they made back-to-back Elite Eights mm-hmm. the past two years. That's why I was thinking, yeah. oh, they had to have did snuck not, in. Did not sneak through to the Final yeah, Four. Yeah, Arkansas Razorbacks. Since the uh, Nolan Richardson, Corliss Williams, yes. and Scotty Thurman era. Two more teams with five appearances that you didn't name since yes. we're like, close. Do you sure. want to try? No, just, uh, just, just tell, uh, Georgetown and We've been Illinois. doing this for three hours. Well, Ge- yeah. Ge- Georgetown did get mentioned there a moment ago, and I actually I counted the five, yeah. too. It was, it yeah, was yeah, yeah. 42 or 43, wow. 82, 84, 85, and 07. Wow. All right. Yeah. Very good. I am a little surprised you didn't go 16 for 16, though. I am a little bit surprised by that. <laughs> All right, uh, here's what's coming up, Totally Tubular. Tubular is brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland, the best place to watch and bet on all games, including the start of college basketball season next week. Football always. Next Monday night, college <laughs> basketball starts. The Ravens, of course, are playing. That'll be the place to be. Reserve your spot by emailing events at sportssocialmd.com. Tonight, ESPN and the Mannings on ESPN2 for Monday Night Football. Bengals-Browns at 8-15. Game three of the World Series, Lance McCullers and Noah Syndergaard, the pitching matchup for the Astros and Phillies at 8 o'clock on Fox. 
76ers Wizards at 7 on NBC Sports Washington, NBA TV, Pacers Nets at 7.30, NBC Sports Washington Plus, and NHL Network for Capitals Hurricanes at 7, the USA Network for WWE Monday Night Raw tonight at 8. Anything non-sports-wise that stands out? Uh, let's see. Gwyneth Paltrow is going to be on uh, Jimmy Kimmel. You can't miss that. No, uh, definitely. Can't. That's yeah, she just turned 50, and she has... Congratulations. She probably has like a new cookbook or something as well. Uh, candles. I think she makes candles. Oh, is that what she does? I'm not kidding. I think that's what she does. Um, and then on Fallon is going to be Winston Duke and Daniel Radcliffe. Kind of package deal. Yeah. 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 yeah 100%. The Weird Al movie and then Black Panther this week. Oh, I'd say that's slightly more significant. No offense to the Weird Al. Weird Al. Al I mean, yeah, no offense. On the Roku channel. Yeah. Okay. All right. Anything else? That's uh, it? No, that's right, it. Very yeah, good. That was, uh, good. Patrick Stevens at Discourse, D1S Course. Uh, you'll still be doing stuff for the Post? Yes, I will. Looking forward to that. And, and I know you've been doing college football. Are you going to be doing both? Football and basketball, or yes, both both of them. We'll we'll see some stuff pop up here pretty soon, hoops wise, here in the next week or so. Excellent. Appreciate you as always, sir. We will be talking to you on Tuesdays throughout the course of the season. Thanks to all of the coaches who joined us today: Juan Dixon at Coppin State, Ed Chellis at Navy, um, Jim Ferry at UMBC, Dan Engelstad at Mount St. Mary's, Pat Scary from Towson, as well as Kelvin Brodus or Kevin Brodus. I just made him Snoop Dogg. Kevin Brodus from Morgan State. And also, of course, uh, Tavares Hardy from Loyola. We'll get all of it up in the greatest hits section of the tab at glennclarkradio.com. On the program tomorrow, hopefully my voice. Hopefully it will have returned to be back. Although, maybe I just stick with this sultry, you know. (laughs) Hello, hello. Um, Hopefully that will be back. Santi Aldama, as we mentioned, uh, who is now starting with the Memphis Grizzlies, will be joining us. What? Oh, that's your Halloween. That's... That's that's what you're. Do you have a costume or are you just going with the mask? Just going with the mask. Just going with the mask. That's nothing. Happy Halloween. Happy hot. Ho- thank you, Griffin. Happy Halloween. You can uh, thanks to Griffin. Follow him on Twitter at uh, Griffin underscore Bass. Follow us at Glenn Clark Radio, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Have a uh, great Monday evening. Um, I, I don't care who you're rooting for tonight in the baseball or the football. Uh, we will see you tomorrow morning. This has been the College Basketball Preview Edition of Glenn Clark Radio.